Here it is. The what episode is this? The second. Yeah. We had one, but it was zero, wasn't it? Really. It's technically the third. The, yeah. But no, I'm calling it the second. The second episode of the podcast. The totally second. uninformed. Joined nice. by George again. Obviously, we work together. Yeah. Video and photography. I'm a bit better than you like, but <laughs> you like to think. And Jack Nev, how are you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm really happy to be on the show. Yeah. yeah. Last time, last time I saw you, we were working together, weren't we? We were. Yeah. Yeah. Helping out on the on the art department side of things. Yeah, that's right. It was uh, Aztec Rum, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a good rum video out of it, didn't we? Yeah. It's a big part of it, isn't it? The art department side. Huge. Yeah. Um, especially with the uh, bigger stuff, I'd say. Um, but obviously with smaller stuff you guys have more responsibility so you're kind of flitting around and doing everything almost like cameras lights the set but art department it creates the scene um and obviously it helps um the the camera and director and whatnot um do their job so it's all set up so they can you know focus on the subject matter and stuff but yeah art department is a huge role people overlook it a lot yeah you know? Yeah, it's interesting because you brought that up when we were on the shoot because obviously you're used to doing bigger productions yeah. and you have a set role. But when yeah. you came on, you're like, Fuck, you're doing everything. Like yeah. camera lighting, like I guess it feels different, does it? Yeah, it definitely did. Um, just immediately I noticed the you know, grips department set up the actual stand and you're just sort of fiddling around with it, like making little adjustments. Um, I see George uh, blowing some water and that's just like a typical little job that props do. And just seeing you guys just instinctively, obviously doing what you need to do for for the camera and seeing, oh, you know, that's that's kind of what I do. And for your, you guys are doing everything. And yeah, it's... Um, it's, it's a lot less organized, isn't it? When you come to <laughs> well, <laughs> on I, a very calm production shoot. I don't know. You, you guys have so so much to do and so much on, and it's all like a creative bubble almost. Yeah. So you're constantly thinking of ideas and then adjusting the technical side as well. Yeah. Um. So and it's just you two thinking on your feet, but on the bigger stuff, there's more layers. There's more layers, yeah. And the head of departments, like the DOP, director of photography, and the director, can kind of stand away where everyone rushes around to actually set everything up, do all the technical stuff. Yeah. But the um director of photography and director they can just like oh what can we do here you know and speak creatively um and then they they bring it on onto the uh, onto the floor this is what we've kind of discussed and everyone's just listening in just ready to to pounce on what they need to do um yeah. and you know there's obviously the art director which can have a good influence and even the lowly standby props um they can come in with with a little thing to help everyone on their way or everyone's like screaming how, how can we do this how can we do that should we do it this way and i'm just thinking oh hang on a minute uh <laughs> and you, we can there's a little thing they haven't thought of or just thinking outside the box and you mention it and i was like oh didn't think of that well done and i'm like oh, thank you very much. <laughs> that's a good feeling um yeah yeah especially you know th these guys I don't know how much they earn and like what they've worked on and you're there in that moment and you've you've influenced that and that's that's so cool you know growing up I, i'm watching films watching tv and you're like oh that's, that's so cool um i mean everyone loves tv right but uh just all of a sudden you're sort of in there working working on these programs and 
you you can do these little things and uh you you actually watch it for real and people are just watching the story like, oh this is cool and oh yeah i put i put up that poster in the back oh yeah. it's gone it's gone <laughs> oh, it's all, all missed um and the credits obviously when they come rolling in oh yeah oh yeah jack Neville. O- always watch the credits <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 sick but uh yeah you you guys you've you're starting um from a point where you need to do everything you know and it's and it's incredible because you, you're learning all the little things and you'll appreciate it so much more when you guys are big and successful and you've got separate departments to do everything. You've got, even got runners. And you're like, oh, yeah, we were there once. We kind of know what that was like, but it'd be we weird. appreciate it. It'd be like um, we've got to that stage doing all of those different roles, mm. but never actually being that role. Because obviously, like yeah, you said, like you sort said, of spread across, right? Yeah. Because yeah. at the moment, we're just doing everything because it just needs to be done. Mm. And there's only me, Jake, and Louis, um, sometimes Piersy. Yeah. <laughs> just like, and we kind of have a vision because we've all looked at the plan and we all know what's going on. We have set roles within us, within that. But if we want to make an adjustment, it's like a quick little back and forth and then just gets done by whoever's closest to the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the camera. Because we're not all the set. Outside of the camera work and like the lighting and the art department side of things, because we're not experts, we'll be like, oh, we just want that to have a bit more glow from the light. And then we'll be like, how the fuck do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be scrambling around trying to work it out. But we always get there, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You, you say that. I mean, on set, no one really knows what they're doing. Well, they, they do. But when it's a certain scenario, you know, you, you can't study for that. Maybe experience will give you the, to know how how to approach something you don't know already but a lot of the time you're you're winging it you know you're you're thinking on your feet you're looking at what's around you what can i use to to do this um and, and, and you could come up with this weird pulley contraption to do something on screen and it's an app it, it, i say bodge job but it's just like it could be like a coat hanger and like a you've used a, a weighted shoe or something for a weight and and it's it's pulling something up and you're just literally just pulling it and it's but on screen it looks whoa that was happening yeah. <laughs> um, or, or it's not even noticed it's just like a window automatically opening or something and um i've forgotten what my point was but it's yeah like i think you were saying uh, it's a blag like, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's right <laughs> it, it's yeah you've kind of just got to be ready for anything and you just just use what you can basically um and yeah, you can get experts, you can get people that studied it, but you kind of just learn, you learn on the job. And as long as you've got the the creativity and the the hunger for, for getting to a certain standard or you want it to look like a certain way, you'll you'll find a way. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's how it is. And um, and that that's what you guys are doing now. And yeah, that's awesome. But that, I mean, I, you know, I hear you talk about um camera technicals and i that's just a totally different language to me and yeah it's that sort of blows me off where where um like on set <laughs> blow yeah sorry blow you said, <laughs> sorry i had to pull that i didn't even pick up on it <laughs> what, wait what does that mean yeah uh, no uh, but, but what you it's funny you say that more recently <laughs> more recently i'll um we're getting more fluent with the way we talk about the camera and I'll, I'll notice that we're talking in tongue almost when some people are 
involved in the conversation that don't understand and they need to tone it back a bit. Yeah. Makes you feel good though when people don't understand. Mm. Sometimes I just <laughs> make things up. <laughs> yeah. I just come up with random numbers. And... You, take an, you take advantage of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But how so, did you get, get into this industry? Talking about hunger, where did your hunger come from? Well, um, how I actually got into it was this man right here, George. Um, I got back from traveling um, in Indonesia like for a month and I kind of was, I had deferred a place at university and I was kind of given that year to give other things a chance. Um, George had met this guy in a, in a local pub, right? Yep. And you were working for your dad at the time. Yep. And so you, you were sort of looking for a creative outreach or looking for something different, right? And Craig, yeah. He, yeah. He's already had a plug on the podcast. Has he? Yeah, great. <laughs> but <laughs> I suppose you, it all for me. He, well, and right, <laughs> and for you me, as well. Yeah. Well. Um, but you, you got on this show. You got on this show, which um, was filmed in Warwickshire. It's uh, quite a well-known, well, well-known, but in Australia and America, but it's like a daytime BBC drama, Shakespeare and Hathaway. Yeah. And you know, you, you're working as an art department runner. Yeah. Aren't you? And um, I mean, on these low-budget shows, a bit like um you you guys now you you kind of do more there's more responsibility for you so you were doing what a prop hand would do you'd be doing what a dresser did you'd go to prop stores and pick out stuff and i i i when i got back i heard you're on this i was like oh this this is mad like uh, with, with this sort of job you don't really think it's out there to at your grasp like it's it's something you, you don't even think about could be a possibility of a, a career so no. hearing that you're doing something like that i was like, well, asking all sorts of questions but you you didn't really know much about the show right i didn't know much about the show but mm. i think at that stage i i had the interview lined up didn't i so i, I told you all about what i was doing but then i had the interview for where well, i'm the, at now raycom yeah i mean I, I heard about it and then like a week later um you then told me that, oh, you know, I've, I've got this other thing on the horizon, which is more suited to me, like to you. Yeah. And, and you, yeah, you were kind enough to think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a job. So yeah, I, do you want to kind of. I need to find someone to cover for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> Craig had obviously gone out his way to get me the job. And um, in the middle of a production, it's not the best thing to do is to leave no, production. No, no. It's probably the worst thing you can do is to say, oh, well, I've got to leave. And that, they're basically losing someone from the team and they haven't yeah. got subs on the side of the pitch. It's yeah. Like, it's because it's who you know, because they, 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 they need reliable people. They just want someone quickly. So it's like they ask around, oh, do you know someone? Do you know someone? Because yeah. they just want someone straight away. They someone don't want... with a driver's license, yeah. someone that's quite handy. Time is money. Yeah. In, in, and I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, I asked Jack whether he would want to do it and you oh. jumped on it yeah you? absolutely did you have you, have an, no, you had a little interview and then I, well, yeah. into, so what it was um i don't did you give me a number or so? helen's number probably or ken kevin sorry Ke kevin. <laughs> Kev, kevin, yeah, yeah um i think helen called me or i called helen and i said you know i'm george's friend um he's leaving soon i'm more than happy to to come along and you know i'm really enthusiastic blah 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 she, yeah come see me monday so i go into the office it's a temporary office in stratford and i think i first see kev or 
it's just a bit awkward. No one's sort of answering. I come into this office. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so new to this. Like, Literally what's going no on? idea what to expect. Yeah, at and, that stage. and everyone's sort of busy doing their thing, which now I totally understand because they're hot on it. It's in the middle of the, the series and all, 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 it's like full throttle. Absolute chaos. Um, yeah, <laughs> and you're kind of bustled into this office and Helen's there, all these mood boards on there. Oh, it's you, right? Okay, so do you know the show? If you've you watched it, um, watch your experience. I'm like, uh, and luckily I had watched like an episode or two, episode or two. So I went full on survival mode. Oh, went fanboy thing. Oh, you know, I love the show, and I know this person is. And she's like, okay, great, but um, but she, I think she asked me a couple of questions, and I was honest, but she saw I was really enthusiastic, and she's like, oh yeah, great, okay. Um, it wasn't even a question of have you got it she was like okay when this is what you're doing tomorrow or <laughs> yeah Ke- kev's gonna show the the prop store to you now I'm like, oh right, yeah great so the rest of the day um i went to the prop house in flabbury which is literally just down the d- down the road from where i was living um and and that was it you know i was i was in and i thought it was amazing like how am i going to get involved in this further um and yeah, like, yeah, everyone was so so much How fun. How long ago it was, was that? It was before co- it was before the COVID. Really? Was, so yeah, it has been a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. But since then, like your progress has been pretty rapid. It's it's. I've been lucky in the sense that I've met some great people. Um, on Shakespeare and Hathaway, I met Rachel, and she mm. put me in touch when COVID was sort of dying down. That it was like after the second lockdown or first lockdown. Um, I got it like on a Gymshark commercial she she hooked me up with and i worked on that with her then uh she then put me through to another art director called cat and i was working on a few things with her and then one thing one thing led to another and paul the prop master puts me onto this netflix thing in london and Lo and behold, I'm I'm with the big ones who've worked on <laughs> yeah. like like two like, job literally fast and from... furious and <laughs> yeah. um, Peter Rabbit and stuff and Marvel and it's like, oh my god, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I felt out my depth, but I kind of got through it and I learned a lot. And I've kind of asked for feedback from people, and they said they they like me and stuff. So who knows what happens next? Um, but it it was a bit of a roller coaster. There was a bit of a lull, obviously, with COVID, where I was offered Father Brown, the other sort of program. This production company that did Shakespeare and Hathaway is just another um, BBC daytime drama, and local, isn't it? local, yeah. And um, that got postponed because of COVID. So I was, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Then I worked for Amazon, which is an absolute. It was it's chaos being on the road with Amazon. They, yeah, it's mad. Um, well, you're a delivery driver. Right? Delivery driver for Amazon, yeah. Uh, that was my lockdown job. And it felt like I was in a Western. Because it was like ghost towns. <laughs> I was in Stourbridge and Bromsgrove, sometimes Birmingham. And Surely the busiest time to be a delivery driver. Well, yeah, that, that was yeah. the boom. Nobody can leave the house. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the boom. And you're getting like 150 deliveries on your app and obviously you pick it up at the depot or um, van for the parcels and you've got, you can do it in your own time, but everyone's sort of really competitive. Everyone wants to sort of finish early, which drives up the expected um, time of deliveries, but delivery so that you get more, you can, they think you can uh, deliver more parcels and 
and it's you, you you know why people don't like Amazon when they deliver to you like flinging parcels over the fences and I mean I didn't do that but uh, <laughs> you hear stories I'm just saying you hear stories but I can understand why and um, I'm not doing that again like I've I've done what, throwing some... the parcels or <laughs> I never did that don't, don't quote me on that um, knock no, it over I'm not I'm not delivering for Amazon again or any certain sort of thing like that because he expects so much of you and it's just dangerous driving on those roads when when you've when you've got that time pressure and mm. you know I've I've passed a couple of um uh tests recently for like lorry and motorcycle and I've learned the way of the road and you really gotta be safe out there if you wanna sort of take it seriously and stuff. Well I've that's how I've been taught now but um yeah, Those courses you know, will have drilled that into you, I suppose. That's what they do. Yeah. Uh, the HGV one, especially. Like, oh, yeah. yeah the health just, and safety that you have mm, to go through. It's crazy. Like, it's... We've got a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go on. Yeah, well, it's, it's, a good, it's a good thing, you know, it's especially with when you've got contracts, you've got um, a series that you've just finished and you don't know when the next thing is. And that's why I started to do it um started to train for it um let's see if it pans out it probably will mm. um but yeah it's it's the sheer weight of what you're driving with with an lgv um but yeah i mean it's it's not the most interesting to talk but yeah it's um it's pretty dangerous but you do, you do we've feel drifted like, like through like three topics there yeah big time but, um <laughs> it's good though but yeah, well, the, the, what one of my goals is, if you want to go into sort of people's goals and everything, is to to master as many transport as possible, land, sea, and air. So you know, you, you get all the the categories on the back of your license. Um, may, maybe not the bus ones. I'm not sure about. I want to <laughs> do. I want to do all of those. Not so attractive. I mean, you, you spend the money on a bus. I mean, I'm like gonna. The HGV and the motorcycle. Well, the, the HGV is just a good string to the bow, I think. Because mm. obviously it's good money. There's not yeah. many drivers out there and you can always fall back on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the motorcycle is just cool. Oh, cool. it's just pure vanity. <laughs> <laughs> what, vanity for the the motorcycle? Yeah. I think it's just fun, that kind well, of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, fun. Oh, obviously. And obviously yeah, I suppose you look cool. <laughs> well, yeah, I just, I just <laughs> imagine wouldn't look like Steve McQueen. Obviously, that would never happen, but I just have that image of Steve McQueen in Great Escape. And just, oh, Flying, well, I can picture you now flying a plane like open top with the goggles on, <laughs> <laughs> with a scar, jump out, parachute, fall onto a motorbike. Wow. Yeah, I that, mean that's we're getting far fetched. That would be oh, the far fetched, <laughs> yeah. but it could happen. Yeah, it could happen. Yeah, no. it could, could be a stunt guy in a movie. <laughs> Someone's got to roll that bike at your speed. You're coming in with a helic with with a paragliding whatever yeah, yeah. parachute. Yeah, you got to have a team <laughs> of people. Go, <laughs> land on the motorbike. <laughs> That's a plan. <laughs> yeah, it's all possible. All yeah, possible. maybe it's the next Raycon Productions production. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. Have you done anything else? So you've you're mastering land currently. Have you done anything <laughs> in the sky or boating? No. Well, no. Obviously, water sports in terms of surfing and powder boarding, that sort of thing. But um, no, I've obviously sailing. I'd, I'd love to do um, and uh, power boating. I looked up the other day actually, um, what you have to get. You got got to get like a level two power boating um, qualification to be able to hire boats and that sort of thing. So that might be next. 
I'm not even sure. How much does that kind of thing cost? Is that a lot of money? Well, I threw my money. (laughs) (laughs) You're going through the motorcycle um, thing now, aren't you? Yeah. But uh, I might move on to... I don't know. I just like learning. So it's just whatever the next thing is. I suppose um, the travel for the boat might be a pain. Yeah. I think there are local places... Oh, to, you can to get the it, qualification. Can you do it on um, lakes and things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty sure, pretty sure. Or, or, or on rivers, the river, yeah. rivers, yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. Well, in terms of air as well, nothing, uh, nothing. I don't think. But yeah, that's that's like the long term because it's pretty pretty pricey. Yeah. Um, being a pilot, but that's that's another thing. Maybe maybe later this year. I don't know. Too many Rockets. things. Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be the next thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe in two yeah. years, yeah, we'll be on rockets. Years, yeah, yeah be a test pilot first, and then, then the rockets. That would be cool. <laughs> Mind you, being an astronaut. Yeah, you can be an astronaut just being a passenger, can't you? William Shatner, the um, the actor. Hey, William, Will Shatner, William Shatner. This is William. What were you going to say about being a passenger though? Being a pass, being a passenger in a rocket, right? You can do it through uh, Virgin Galactic. You can do it. Oh, right. So technically, if you go as a passenger and pay the money. Yeah, an astronaut is simply someone who's travelled in space. Right. Didn't know that. I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah. I saw like, Richard sure. Branson yeah. and Jeff Bezos went to space, didn't they? Do you mean like that? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You're, all exactly. you do is you're just there for the experience. Yeah. So it's a bit of a cop out, I think, but it's just for really rich people. To say they're celebrities. Yeah. Um, yeah Vir- Virgin Galactic. Good. Yeah, with Richard Branson. So it's it's the... It's the closest point to Earth, really, that you can officially call space. So it's literally just above, above the atmospheric um, area where you can call you in orbit. Um, so you can just just above it, so you can kind of see the blackness of, of space, and then see the the sort of curvature of the Earth. Um, and then with uh, Jeff Bezos, Blue Origin, uh, he took up um, obviously himself as well. Uh, William Shatner. His, I'm sure it is. Have you guys heard of William Shatner? Kirk, Kirk from Star Trek. From oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. The, the original '60s. <laughs> yeah. You know, Kirk and Spark. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope it. I have got that name right. But I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm sure, sure the William sure. Shatner. You might be right. I'm. I'm not good with like actors. No, but anyway, yeah. he's like 90 or something, and he is the oldest astronaut now. You know, wow. and you've got all these people that have been on the the, sh- the space shuttle and mm. on the space station and been to the moon. They're astronauts and this celebrity who who starred in a in a TV show. It's news to me that just to be a passenger makes you an astronaut, gives you that almost status. Is it a status? It's just. I, a, I remember reading somewhere. I remember reading somewhere um, when the project of Virgin Galactic was getting public in the media's eye that 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 was. That was mentioned, yeah, yeah. Um, because oh yeah, uh, you've got aeronaut, astronaut. I, th- I suppose I'm pretty sure it's not the pilot. I'm pretty sure it is. Mm. You know, the passenger or whoever's. Yeah, because like the Apollo missions, all of them, not all of them are the pilots of the of the ship, are they? They all have That's a part true. to play. That is true, and they're all astronauts. That's so true. I yeah, it kind of makes sense. That's. That's right. Yeah, they're definitely not all passengers. Though. They all I'll definitely have. Roles, but I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, there's always one of them just, which roles. is devoted to being a pilot. 100%. Yeah, I thought it was like a job role because, yeah, like you say, when the Apollo missions they have roles, yeah, They're yeah not yeah. just some 90 year old that just sat there, like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but can anyone was that like a special event or is Virgin Galactic like an actual thing? If you've got loads of money, you can go on. No, I'm not 
sure how regular they are, whether what I've read has just been tests. Um, I don't keep totally up to date with it, but certainly they, they've done tests and they were successful. There's been no sort of horror shows. Um, but the, yeah, that, that plan is going to be regular flights. Obviously you've got to have the money to do it. Um, Blue Origins was probably a publicity stunt with William Shatner, but obviously they had had plenty of tests and they'll have like military contra contracts, NASA contracts, similar to how SpaceX um, do it. Um, but yeah, like the, it's going to be, a lot, a lot's going to be going on with space exploration now in terms of setting up a moon base and um, more and more extensive projects and missions to Mars and we're, we're getting close like within our lifetime easily we're going to have astronauts like humans on Mars where, whether it's for like a short term mission or I mean whether it's actually there permanently these people who knows um, I know within it's like, the next like 20 years well within the next within this decade um, there'll be a manned uh, there, there, there's going to be a manned mission to Mars that's wow. the plan, anyway. How long will it take to get there, though? Uh, I think it's, oh, I think it's like nine months, eight, eight nine to months. nine months, and that's a, obviously a long time. Well, I thought it was longer than that. I'd, I'd sit in a spaceship. Not, for I nine thought months it was longer than that to no. get to Mars. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy with that. We watched Interstellar. We watched Interstellar recently. Obviously, this is a sci-fi film. Um, Great but, film. But their mission to Saturn, because obviously the, the the wormhole in Saturn was eighteen months. Yeah, that's set is, a bit is... in the future, isn't it? What are you trying to say? Well, they've probably got better technology, like faster ships. That would well, be... no, because I think it depends. Because uh, depends if they use fuel or not. I, uh, I don't yeah. know. It's a good point. It's a good because I'd take vary. a nine-month journey. I, 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 like <laughs> you yeah, would definitely. I don't know. I've done. I've done nine months in the outback of Australia. Just sat there on my own. And that was pretty shit. On, so, <laughs> hang on. so you're telling me in that this whole nine months you were just with you? Or no, just there was with people come and go, yeah. So come was, and go. But it felt like solitude. It felt like solitude. If well, that felt like, like solitude. Yeah, imagine being on well, <laughs> I wouldn't do it on my own, that's for sure. I'd do it with you two. Yeah? You sure? <laughs> yeah. We'd probably no, go no, mad. We, we, we'd we'd play a lot of chess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would play shitloads of chess. We, we'll probably start thinking we are the only humans and everyone else are just these pieces. It's like we'll start talking to these chess pieces. Is it when you're up? There's a thing when you're up in space, you get depressed, or is it when you get back down onto Earth after seeing Earth right. from the perspective of being away from Earth? I think you, you feel in, in, insignificant. Is that? Yeah, I've read um, a couple biographies of astronauts, um, Tim Peake and um, Chris Had Hadfield, and from what they say because they're constantly busy on on um the the space station that you know they're constantly doing experiments constantly looking after themselves constantly monitoring themselves constantly monitoring all sorts um i think they there's a slight period when they first board um but again you're you're constantly busy and aware so i don't think you have time to be actually depressed and obviously you think about the training they go through mm. and these guys are incredible guys obviously they are still human at the end of the day yeah. but what you're talking about is yeah it is a common thing um like a surreal depressed feeling that your perspective has changed when you come back to earth 
um, that you know you've seen How you've seen the point of of where you've lived your whole life where humans have ever lived their lives uh, anything you've ever known anyone has known has been on that little blue dot you've had in your view just through the window like it's just me looking at my neighbor's house just (laughs) (laughs) and then just look getting back home and then just looking up at the vast yeah the stars and yeah obviously it would fade it would fade obviously i've never done it myself but surely it would fade and it would be fine again and you think oh you know the little things in life getting an ice cream going surfing (laughs) going surfing yeah (laughs) it must be crazy though because i i look up to the sky on a clear night and see the stars and think oh wow like i am insignificant look at all this in the sky yeah Yeah. imagine looking back on where you used to be as well and seeing it as like just a little orb in the middle of nowhere yeah. and you look around i don't know how what their their windows like little little tiny windows but to then look around the yeah. earth and just see the vastness yeah and how it's just there yeah in the middle of nothing that's another, and, and you kind of think how lucky and the you know the probability of life to exist to flourish to grow to develop and evolve to beings like us yes obviously we have a lot of our problems but you know it it kind of makes you appreciate that out of all that out there that there's us on that little blue dot and we're doing something (laughs) (laughs) we're doing something yeah um that that's life and and yeah i suppose it makes you have that perspective too so there's the flip side yeah there's got to be a big switch like clicked when you kind of look at it from that perspective yeah i mean it's got to be a big moment for anyone yeah yes I couldn't Everything you've it. ever known is on that little orb. Pretty cool. Yeah, incredible. I mean, yeah. Just it, it's the explorer in us too, though. To always think, yeah, you appreciate that, but then you think, what's the next step? Where where should we go next? What's the thing we we haven't been to before? And you know, then we move on to places like Mars. We move on to um, like mining on asteroids and stuff like that and then we think can we can we discover a wormhole can we um discover what dark matter is can we um work out the secrets of quantum mechanics and um relativity to break the um speed of light and all sorts of stuff like that and it's just exciting that the wonder of can we discover that and where could it take us next? I've always had a theory about the speed of light that I might have heard a long time ago. Right. Yeah. But if you were to beat the speed of light, does that mean you can travel in time? Because uh, well, I mean, the, the, the theory, I think I heard it a long time and it's probably well known within people that know stuff about science, physics. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. But so it's... say we're on Earth right now mm. and we're looking at stars. Mm. The stars that we're seeing in, in their moment that we're seeing them, because it's taken time for that light to travel. We're seeing stars that might have exploded or we're mm. seeing them thousands of years ago. Mm. So if we were to travel faster than that light has traveled to get here, back, no, over to a star. And then we're looking back at Earth, right? We're looking at Earth yeah. thousands of years ago. And if we were to travel faster than the light and we're looking at Earth the whole time, now we're at Earth. Are we back in time? No, it's well, not time traveling. Talk, talking though, about space-time continuum because time isn't a separate element. Space, it's space-time. Okay. Because time is, I mean, I'm reading a book at the moment. But it's quite complex. Time is just a figment of 
not our imagination but it's yeah it's how we observe i mean each one but, of us has our own time yeah like we have different times each one of us sitting here right now there might be minuscule difference right but we are each on our own time but what i'm say forget time for a second then so i'm looking at the star over there yeah that might have exploded by now mm. or whatever i've traveled there and i'm looking back at earth and i'm seeing it say i had an amazing telescope that could see all the way to earth yeah and it's like back in time a little bit right because obviously it takes time for the light to travel i've traveled at speed of wait, light. Wait, no, wait. So you're telling me you've traveled at speed of light faster than faster the speed, faster than the speed of light so okay so yeah, yeah, take yeah. So, so, so we're you've... looking back at earth and um we're seeing like where we are now Oh, it doesn't make sense. No, because I get what you're saying, but if you're <laughs> looking just back, it's an at... impossible uh, for me. It's impossible thing to comprehend because there's so many like variables with trap. Can we you, even? You go into talking about what present is, what is now, because now doesn't exist. I was trying to do the example without mentioning the word time. Yeah, yeah. So mm. we can literally see, say, for argument's sake, the dinosaurs, mm -hmm. or we were on the star at a, at a point where you're looking at Earth and the dinosaurs are around. It's the yeah, yeah, yeah. that period. Um, and then you were to travel there faster than the speed of light. Yeah. Would you be there at the same time that you're looking at it? Or would you overtake the light? I mean, your And would you be going back in time? Because your question is totally hypothetical. The answer could be anything you want it to be. I want it to be <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> I feel like the answer is no. I feel like you've gone but to a star far away. You beat the speed of light. So you're looking back in time. But in reality on Earth, that's not what is happening right now. You're seeing what happened before because you've overtook what you're seeing. But, but, yeah, but is that not like a time revolves around me kind of like the way you're talking? Well, it just depends how, My far, perspective how fast are you talking when you say fast than the speed of light? Well, that, that depends on how far back in time you want to go. Or, or how much time, <laughs> because even if it's the fast than the speed of light, the, it's it's a certain distance, you know. It's it's beyond my comprehension, mate. I, I, I can I can do the maths. I'm first year physics. Yeah, I, I have no I have no clue how to even yeah comprehend that. Um, it's interesting though, isn't it? But it is. Re it's it's those questions which help you sort of investigate, and you'll you'll find more questions. But that, that that's the whole point of discovery that you'll find new things that you never even knew you wanted to know along that journey to trying to find out the original thing you wanted to know, but other things will actually yeah. be, be more interesting. There's no but. chance that I'm right. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do, I, I've, I've always said that from when I was quite young. So I think I heard it like at an early age or it was someone else's theory that I've just re remembered and always thought it could about. Could have been anyone. They could have just been. They could have been anybody. Yeah. Just a sci-fi Or it could have been author. Off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I could have just dreamt it and made it up in my yeah. head. You never know. Yeah. Fuck knows. Make, makes for a cool, cool maybe song or something. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I was traveling fast to be alive. <laughs> to the dinosaurs <laughs> from outer space. I'm going to go there. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to grab a cider quick. I was, well, I was going to say, do you just fancy getting into this room? Yeah, I might have one more cider. Well, open it up. I'm just going to grab a cider for the... Do you want me to get the ice as well? Well, go, go on. I'll, I'll grab it for you. I'll have a beer as well. Yeah, nice. Do you want a drink, Jack? I'm still nursing this cider. Yeah, no worries. So good. <laughs> that rum's going to knock your socks off. It is. What percent is it? I don't know. Like, uh, I'm gonna try and read it from here. Oh, is that 30? 
37 and a half. 37 and a half. That's Red leg. It's going to be an interesting, interesting couple of hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, yeah, I mean, that. How is the degree just, going? How's the degree going? It's going well. I'm currently doing quantum. The quantum realm is the topic it's called now. So just the sort of the principles and fundamentals of um, quantum mechanics, basically. Right. So, so lots of maths. No, not no, not too much maths really. There, there is maths elements involved um, in terms of formulas and how to um, sort of work out, like not speed of light, but the energy of certain things. Um, but it's more to do with the mechanics of the very small of how it's like something called the uncertainty principle, um, where you you can't ever know or predict where like a little electron, a little char- um, subatomic particle is going to be. And uh, you can't predict it where if you're going to throw, throw a tennis ball, mm. you could predict where that's going to go through the Newton laws because you know, know it's mass, you know it's velocity, you can measure those things. Gravity. And, and gravity, yeah. So, but something so minuscule, like we're talking like smaller than 100 nanometers, like that's quantum isn't it that's it's quantum yeah, 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 yeah. Qu- quantum yeah so it, it quantum is the very small and it's how they behave and that you just, how do you they just don't know how do they behave so <laughs> just like buzzing around or are they like swirling? well th- this is it so it's called they, how they behave is is the, the wave particle duality is they act like a wave like how, how you see you know a sound wave microwave or an actual water wave um that sort of pattern where it ebbs ebbs out if you throw a pebble in a lake and you see the 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 sort of swell forming or, or the wave forming an atom or sorry a, an electron acts like that but it also acts like like a particle like a like a point and how scientists discovered this was an experiment called the double slit experiment where you'd have a a piece of card with two thin slits and then you'd have another piece of card which would um, measure or um, where where these electrons would hit and you'd have a an electron beam which would fire um, at a, a very dim electron beam so it could fire one electron at once wow. and it would go through the slit and you'd expect it like grains of sand going through just to make a pile of sand like two piles of sand through the two slits yeah but you keep going with the, these electrons and they're they're making dots you can see where they are landing they have energy on this sheet oh they, they have they've it's called quanta energy yeah so everything that's another form of quantum mechanics but you can see where they're landing and over time you see that there's many line strips forming so there's there's a strip gap strip gap instead of just two two strips where the two slits are in fact they've spread across they okay. spread across the whole thing, so right. you just see thousands and thousands of dots. Um, in, what does that this, mean? This what, what, what do they it mean? It them? means that they're spreading out. That that any possible outcome of of where that particle is, it is going there. It's not going where you think it's going to go. It's almost nature is rolling a dice, and it's saying, "Oh, you're going to go there that time." Or you're gonna go, you're gonna go there, and, and <laughs> over time you see it making this 
th this this structure like like a wave where you you have peaks and troughs right so you you see where it's formed and then there's nothing and then you see where it's formed and then there's nothing that's what it's like in this double slit experiment with electrons or it can be with photons too um just any is this sort of stuff particle. you're reading now then it's this about. so yeah so it's a bit shaky but um but it's it's such a good revision for me but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's a bit shaky and brian cox would explain it a lot better than me but um obviously um but that's the principle that how they behave is it's it's like a contradiction where they're both wave and particle and it's just a whole mystery it, it's it's quite well known for quantum mechanics to boggle people because it's just not how you'd expect things to behave and it's unpredictable um and yet it does run on probability it's it's crazy i'm only at the beginnings of of learning about it and it is fascinating and but the amazing thing is that it's in applications across the world you know um we have used the rules of quantum mechanics throughout the 20th century on actual applications and one of the latest things is a quantum computer and it's um i don't know the actual part of the quantum computer which relies on it but something that we know little about we can still take advantage of and use and it's in nature as well like um photosynthesis the the um the light that the the green leaves get the the, the little photons um I can get a bit too but it basically it's in within photosynthesis those quantum mechanic rules so it's already in nature but um it is it is crazy uh to to try and get your head around but that's kind of why i love physics and i have quite a good imagination and it sort of feeds into that and yeah you can sort of go on and on yeah. real nerdy <laughs> about it it's how you're really passionate <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's it's because it's just you just get your teeth into it and it's, it's almost the wonder that you can actually have and also you had as a kid you can tap back into that and and it's it's just sort of quite liberating almost that you're kind of on a journey of discovery and and that's kind of what you can what you do and if you do well enough and work hard enough you can do that for the rest of your life as a job and obviously well just I, research I, you can research yeah, yeah or you can um Oh, apply it or you can do anything I, I would like to sort of be in the field and use what i learn at the moment anyway this could change the more i learn in in physics um i would like to use that in the field and to help combat climate change or quite help combat the use of fossil fuels or um increase carbon capture or um invent or discover a new piece of technology that can help it in any way basically um because that would be cool yeah yeah it, it would be really cool and I, I just think it's one of my responsibilities really of someone who's aware and someone who cares about it to to kind of stand up and, and do something and and yeah who knows what it could be you know it, it's an expanding field we're learning more and more all the time figuring and out more like more a new source of energy that yeah that, that's another thing um like going to renewable energies mm. that's not something i've totally looked into very much um but but certainly um something like i think it's fission 
I know fusion is is looked at, but I think fission or it's just it generates a self sustained energy source like the sun, <clears throat> which burns its own fuel. Um, obviously, all, all suns eventually stars eventually die, but it's, it's you know we're talking billions, millions, billions of years. Um, but to generate something like that, that's dangerous work. That's to- totally. Oh yeah, very, very dangerous. Um, Imagine creating something that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you're like yeah well <laughs> have you guys seen spider-man 2 you know the one with doc arc yeah yeah, yeah yeah so that's what i'm sort of talking about that's kind of a that's what it that obviously is a sci-fi film but that's the sort of idea many scientists sort of have for renewable energy and it's like a self-sustained energy source that you can just use and it doesn't affect the atmosphere and it's just ongoing. You can tap into it. Yeah, obviously, it goes all wrong in that film, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> we all know what pretty badly. Yeah. How saying about that? How are we close to that, or is it just a bit of a pipe dream? I mean, I'm I'm no expert. I I, I but I doubt that. Unless you know, you don't hear much in the mainstream news only because obviously that's all bogged down with current affairs like COVID or whatever Boris has been up to. Um. What a legend. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, man. Um, what a ge- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, 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 w- I wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't know how close we are. But I know it's it's likely that we're far off. Um, yeah. I, I think it's just more, more to do with our consumption and how the everyday person consumes and um, just the, the big companies that are responsible for for using um, fossil fuels and sort of encouraging that on the supply and demand of us consumers it is on them but it's also us to be responsible for what we consume as well but um it is hard you know people people are entangled in their lives they they want convenience that's the big thing now like everything's so convenient um well it all goes back to it all goes back to money doesn't it it all goes back to why would these companies do that when they look at in paper and think, well, we'll be losing money and all these companies, other companies won't stop doing it and then we'll be losing out. And the consumers, they, they don't care. They don't care too much. They, people like to think they care, but they don't want to go too deep into it and find out too much because like you say, it's inconvenient. It's inconvenient because you start spending more and more time sort of reading this sort of article about this petition or reading into this whatever and you kind of got your kids screaming like or <laughs> i don't know um you've, you've got an appointment in 10 minutes you're like, oh i've got to get out or you've kind of uh, yeah it's, to counter that that argument um surely the person who figures out the the new renewable source of energy or are we still on that aren't we we can, yeah, yeah. Surely the person that figures that out is going to be a multi-millionaire. The person who kind of I breaks mean, that. Yeah, but would that be their? Would that be their motivation? No. Well, the money probably yeah would be. You think? Well, their motivation to. Well, a lot of people. I don't know. No. Well, you, I mean, sort of deep down, everyone wants uh, an easy life and a good quality life and money is a good way of accessing that and locking that. But to some, typically, yeah, like you'd hope that someone who spends that amount of time and who has begun a career in that would mm. would want to make an influence, a positive influence, a bit like yeah. how the scientists and um, developed a vaccine for, for COVID. Obviously, would... that, that's a whole other thing, whether 
your pro vaccine and whatnot but they did that you'd hope because it was a mission to kind of help people out to help out yeah. the the hospitals and i was carrying the more the argument about the um big companies that are obviously that the reason it will, everything they do is obviously to make money so why would they avoid something that could potentially be one of the biggest because that's well, it's, it's, that's it's far what away, the public demands it? it's what it's, it's what the public demands. You, you'd, you'd see all these these companies now all these um food producer companies in supermarkets more and more plant-based stuff's coming out yeah um obviously you got veganery but it's also the the wave of almost like a uh a, a force of people or, or a momentum now that you know, you get you get people like Greta, and you get people like David Attenborough. Um, the the big sort of, of, yeah, big influences, and and people are kind of slowly waking up to that, or slowly realizing what the good thing is to do, what the right thing is to do. Um, yes, you you can see the benefits for yourself, but also, what what is my impact going to be on this planet? What's excuse me what what's sort of important whether you care about animals whether you care about diversity of life whether you care about what your kids are going to live through what their the grandkids are going to live through um and kind of realizing we're we're in a time now where we have the power to change things it's it's going to be difficult but you can make little steps and these big companies if they see in the in the data and the statistics that the public are actually shifting their view of things maybe and also you get activists and whatnot having pressure like greenpeace extinction rebellion putting pressure on these big companies um but but you're right you have a board they have stocks they have you know they have other other um intentions but yeah it's you got to fight for what you believe in and you know, and see see any positives and use that momentum, I guess. Um, but yeah, you, you, there's always a skeptical, skeptical part, isn't there? Um, it's making sure pe- the people are behind you. And I feel like sometimes that can make the wrong things be pushed. Like, mm. um, have you seen Seaspiracy? Oh, um, I actually horrible. haven't. I avoid, yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm only yeah. taking one statistic <laughs> yeah. from it anyway. The fact that, such a depressing um yeah. plastic straws only made up for 0.03% of yeah, waste in the ocean this, yeah. but if they come out and say oh everyone stop eating fish fishing's really bad people are going to be like no but if they go on something as simple as plastic straws that everyone's getting from McDonald's and everyone loves to give companies like that shit everyone can get behind it and feel good like they're doing good but <laughs> realistically it's just in it's only being put things, it, yeah. it, draw, it draws the eye and think yeah. oh they're doing great oh we don't have to worry anymore blah blah blah, blah, blah. Uh, living in la la land and um and they can keep doing what what's convenient for them and yeah it's it's great where you have documentaries like that which do shed light on the reality and the figures um yeah it's, it's, it's just those big though. big changes isn't it and <laughs> It's it's like politics. They don't want to risk the majority um, disagreeing with them, and because that's yeah, that's how they get their power. That's how they get their money through the majority. So yeah, it's um... <laughs> crazy topic. Yeah, it's, it's you... huge. I don't. Yeah, it's like um, totally uninformed, isn't it? So <laughs> just kind of go on and on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you go? You, obviously, you two go surfing a lot. Do mm. you know? Do you go and 
noticeably see trash washing up? Is it bad or? You know what? I have done. I have seen. Molliettes was bad. Do you remember seeing the microplastics? Or not even micro, just like bits of little chunks of blue and red plastic in the sand. A lot worse than the UK, to be honest. Yeah. The UK, I don't see much. It's the odd thing. Mm. But like, yeah, Molliettes, there was like shit about like a lot of mm. bits of plastic where's that at west, west coast of france yeah so um, the atlantic coming from the atlantic, the atlantic and, ocean yeah you know where, where there's more just because you see it don't you where it so it collects and clusters in the ocean with like huge masses of of just of, of just trash debris yeah yeah plastic just looks like a yeah. mess yeah but yeah. we go regularly in the uk and to be fair it seems fairly clean but obviously, that's not the case. There's shit going on, but mm. I don't see much like on the coastlines. Yeah, I have visit much. anyway. Yeah, you, you see the odd. Even the beaches are clean. A plastic bottle. Or... We're surprisingly well. It seems clean. Sorry, but yeah. Well, no, it's, it's just <laughs> you know, it's just like seaside town. You get the odd like ice cream packet or yeah, like yeah, water bottle. But yeah, it's pretty clean. Um, like in Wales, I don't. Yeah, I don't ever see it. Yeah, it's pretty nice, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Molliettes did. And obviously you see all the videos on, on Instagram or whatever you're watching of these huge mounds of just... Mm. Looks like landfill in the sea. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, yeah, everyone's seen the videos. Mm. It is about... Yeah, it's, yeah, it'll be everywhere. But it hasn't affected... Well, from my perspective, it obviously is because I'm not living by the sea. But when I travel down to go and surf, it's not so bad. Was it a popular spot where you went in Molliettes? It it was like that for, whole coastline is for massive. a lot of um, Europeans, like um, Germans who who love to surf, and obviously they're landlocked, so they go over. There was quite a few over there. Um, you know, people from all over the world kind of do seasons there. Uh, one of our sort of instructors was Australian, wasn't he? And Rooster, Rooster, good old Rooster. <laughs> what He's a character! The one who he got was. us into chess, I think. I, he was. He actually was. Yeah. Because he's this cool guy, like Jack was about to say, he's an Australian geezer, long brown hair, and he's a really good surfer. He, he's like, our instructor showed us where all the good spots were. And um, yeah, he'd literally come out of the sea after a surf session, get his chessboard out and play his mate at chess. And obviously, we've both, we had both played in the past. Yeah. Like, so we were just like, that, that looks, it, it goes hand in hand. Like, mm. it's a really nice thing to do after you come out of the sea. Yeah. It, it, I don't know whether that's, whether that is a thing, whether surfers instinctively do chess in between sessions or whether it was just spawned from that that week, that experience. Um, yeah. But it certainly works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just sort of bathe in the sun. If you don't, if you're not really into sort of sunbathing, which I, we're not, yeah, I'm, I'm not. In, it's just something. What are we doing do, next kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, what are we doing next? <laughs> yeah. And um, it's just great. Great thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Strategize. It's the perfect combination. Yeah, it's class. <laughs> Along with a bit of hash. Bit of, bit of hash. <laughs> <laughs> did we have hash there? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, probably we did. Yeah. But no, chess. Chess is a great combination. But we're, we're, how do we get on that? We're well, talking about plastics in the ocean. Well, yeah, and then we went yeah. on surfing, didn't we? I always find it interesting how people around, like, you and your group of mates are all into surfing when you saw inland. Yeah. Like, that always trips me out. Like, what, how did you even get into it? Well, yeah. That's... It was Louis's birthday. Was it, it was Louis's birthday. He had um, heard about how much um, fun 
his old brother Alf had been having, I think. Yeah. And he was like, you know, guys, let's let's try surfing. Let's rent boards. Yeah, let's rent boards. Let's I think he had already already had a go the other weekend or something. Oh, it's really it's really fun. This was on the Friday. We'd got down on the Friday, and we were like well heavy, up for it. Heavy weekend. It, it was a heavy weekend, <laughs> and we had promised to do it first thing in the morning Saturday, and we're we're there and walk about. The night went on until like four, five in the morning. <laughs> and the morning. We, we were all like that in bed. And anyway, we did it, didn't we? We did it. It was we, a really good surf. It was <laughs> we, we, were, we were splashing around. <laughs> we didn't know yeah. what we did. But no, what, what I know from that first time, what I remember is that we got out massive boards and we all yeah. were like, like falling over the place. Yeah. We got out like swimming around on the board and then... Yeah. We turned around and like we started to ride on these waves because obviously when I was younger I used to bodyboard, yeah. so I I, I kind of knew how the wave broke and where to be mm. to get the momentum. And I'm sure you were as well. You used to go in the sea when you were yeah. a kid, yeah. yeah so we, we'd we'd paddle in, not knowing anything about surfing. But then I'm sure me. Did you stand up the first session? I think Browner did. Oh, you're on. You're on about the. Is that the, the second the one? Sunday. Was that the Sunday? Sunday, oh, okay. yeah. The, the Saturday was us at Fistral. I don't remember that Saturday because <laughs> of that Friday. I don't remember it. I actually have no recollection. So yeah, you tell me. We, the story. we spent about six hours splashing around. Really? Louis was like, uh, Louis was just intent on getting out to the back. Oh, so, yeah, that's I've heard that's where it is. That's where you got to be. Really and he was just const- constantly getting through it, and I, I, I was just getting bashed. So by it was washout. It was quite. Big. It was washout. Well. From what I recall, yeah. looking back now with our experienced eyes, it might be different. But mm. I just remember total break, bombardment, bombardment <laughs> of break, breaking waves and trying to get through it. And we were having an amazing time. We all got sunburned. It was it was incredible. Told everyone about it Saturday. They're like, what are we you don't doing? care. <laughs> we were like, we've had the best time. Yeah. And then Sunday we had another mate, Louis Brown, join us. We went to a different spot. We that were, was a lot calmer, wasn't it? It was a lot calmer, and yeah. we it was the spot a bit further down um, in Newquay. What's it? It was called. It's not Fistral. Not Fistral. No, it's it's further down. It's um, Sundown. Or something? No, no, but it, it was that other one. And yeah, I remember. I remember you standing up, and we were like, "How is? <laughs> How has <you> done that?" <laughs> <laughs> and then Browner did. Did pretty, he? Pretty soon after, I'm yeah. sure Browner got. Maybe he was like obviously yeah, yeah, really yeah. wide legged and yeah. just a bit like. I think it was like tiny waves as well. I think that's what I remember it being was, so calm. It was, yeah, like a lake, pretty much. Let um, me just try and jog my memory really quickly. You know the first session where mm. we surfed and Louis was there. I just remember being on a beach. I don't even know what it looks like. I haven't been back to Fistral since then. Mm. But there's, you kind of walk down off the thing and Louis was like, let's go in. We've got to go in. We've got to go in now. Was that, was it that time? Uh, it's, it's, well, like, <laughs> you've just, descri- <laughs> you've just descri- described every surf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, so back to but the Sunday. We'll call it, we, we, entice we'll call it to come along and give it a go yeah um on the sunday on the saturday and, and we then surf every day friday saturday and no sunday. no we just surfed a saturday and saturday sunday. Oh, yeah yeah sorry, um bad. and then then sawyer came to because will had had enough because we had left him yeah and yeah and so will was hanging out with sawyer and i was, and we were just freshening around and they probably had left to see the other guys and and yeah, we we just didn't know what was what. Right. We were just like, yeah, this is amazing. Just sort of yeah. being one one with the crashing waves, getting bad in. And I hate was... that my memory's so bad from that from that that surf. But I do Might remember the Sunday. Good. The Sunday was sunny. It was calm, and we just I remember catching that wave. Yeah, that's why you like, remember it. Just yeah, well, probably. <laughs> it was just like you just like glide across it, and it's just like almost like 
what we were explaining earlier when you're an astronaut looking back at Earth, like you're like, <laughs> that is amazing. It's, it's <laughs> the, the feeling when you catch a wave and everyone has it where you have this one memory of uh, this one wave. Too. I, I do, it was at Coney and it, it was one of my first, oh, it's just, when you think about it, it just brings that fuzzy feeling and it, it's just that you feel um, weightless and you got this constant speed and it's just like, oh, just everything's forever. Picturesque around picturesque, you. Things slow down and you're just in that calm sort of moment and it's, it's Focus. bliss. It's blissful yeah. and folks, bliss. Yeah. And, yeah, and you just could sort of look back and you were just going along this wave, going along the face, and everyone has it. You, mm. you must have a yeah, have yeah. one moment. My one which is Molliettes, where we mentioned before. Yeah, you know the um, the time we woke up at like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and yeah. I was really into video production at the time, so yeah. we were getting up at that sunrise. Was it oldest because Browner was leaving? It was Browner was leaving, so we got up. Yeah, I, I think it was still pretty. I think sunrise was pretty early. Yeah, um, so we were really early, and we, mm. I'd set up a camera to kind of do like a time lapse of the sun rising or whatever. So these guys were all surfing, mm. and I was just there, focused on the camera, getting shots of people coming yeah, out. You of the had sea. a tripod. I had right? a tripod. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. I was doing all of it, like getting just shots of. Every everything that was going on at that time it was quite i need to look at that, that footage but um everyone kept you all came out didn't you and then i was like fuck it i gotta go try and catch one yeah and i just i swam out and this the sun had kind of just risen it just looked beautiful and it was like three foot max like two to they, three they, foot. they were tiny but it was small glassy waves. it was really nice glassy. swam out and then um i turned around and this this little wave came and i just thought yeah paddle on it and i just remember standing up and it was just like like jack explained it's like it's just like you're fizzing across the wave. It's bliss. It's calm. And it was just the most picturesque moment of my life. Like I, I was looking around. I was looking back. I was looking. I was just like, this is amazing. And it just went on for way longer than any of my rides before. Molly Etz, um, we were there at a time when, was it Hurricane Katrina was going on in the States? It was a hurricane. I think Katrina was before, but it was a massive hurricane. A massive hurricane was going on in the States. So there, yeah. was a, there was a time where it was red flagged. It was literally like 12 foot waves barreling. And literally, if you were caught in that wave, then it would just throw, throw you upside down, hold you under the water for like, I don't know, 30 seconds to a, to a minute. Well, not felt, a minute. It felt like that. It, it probably felt like shorter, it, but Maybe yeah. like 10 seconds. <laughs> maybe 10 seconds. <laughs> but anyway, whilst like, we were there, it was like, massive waves and... Um, we caught a couple, but like they're short rides. Like you're down, you're up, and obviously we were still pretty like new to it at that stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, so anyway, that morning when it was really calm, just being on a wave for like longer than ten seconds and having the time to look around and get your bearings as to where you are and just take it all in. Yeah. That's that's the one for me anyway. Yeah, and it was only like two, three foot, like yeah. a tiny little. <laughs> but it's, it could be any way, but you're you're still using the energy of like a natural resource, like a wave. Like yeah, you're getting back in. Maybe that's another thing you're sort of reconnecting with nature and sort of <laughs> being at one with it. Um, and yeah, say and as it sounds. yeah, and but it's it's also giving respect to it. Where I think obviously day to day we don't a lot of people don't respect respect nature, and at the end of the day, we wouldn't be around if it wasn't for no. for nature. Um, yeah like people call me a tree hugger or whatever but it's there there is truth behind it and people rediscovered through lockdown and whatnot all the walks and everything that like people think oh walks are amazing you know I, I would i would have spent my weekend clubbing and stuff but now i, I don't want to be going out till three in the morning because the in the morning i want to be out there doing a hike and you've got so many mates now that have rediscovered that or or just discovered it and yeah and love it and um 
that's that's one one silver lining out of COVID. It slowed everyone down, and yeah, yeah, maybe people see the good stuff. <laughs> it is the good stuff. The favorite, well, some of my fondest moments surfing is when we used to go to Porth Cool. Yeah, and it used to be choppy as anything. Yeah. We didn't know anything about surfing really. <laughs> We'd all be renting boards. Yeah, and these waves would obviously, when it's windy and the winds come in onshore. It's just white water. You're swimming across a wave, and then literally three seconds later, you've got another yeah, wave. Yeah, just flattens it's like a out. Wave. It's constant. And it's, but we we'd go at it for like two, three hours. So we'd be like swimming, and finally we get out the back. These waves smashing us, smashing us, falling off. Literally, you get up, your <laughs> and eyes you sit on your board, and just, your eyes. Thank are, God. <laughs> you get out the back behind where this these big waves are breaking, and you just sat there, and it's just like this big waves taking you up, and yeah. you're down. You're sat on your board, and you're coming up, and you're just there, and you've been battling for like an hour, like an hour of the hardest work you've ever done. Physically yeah, yeah. and mentally, because yeah. you're keeping going, like you're not you're not giving up. Yeah. And um, those times when we, that my fondest mem, uh, fond, well, really fond memory, of, like that period of time is yeah. when you get out of that. So we've we've not really done much surfing, but we've been through the, the 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 battle basically. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a battle with nature, isn't it? It is a huge battle. It's like climbing Everest. Not, yeah. Not literally, but <laughs> on a three foot wave. This is like Everest. <laughs> no, but these are these were bigger but, waves. But getting, we getting had no through, experience. Getting through these waves out to the calm bit. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes it can take half an hour, an hour, mm. and it's like climbing to the top of that mountain. So you get that view. You're like, oh, I can breathe now. Cool. Yeah. And yeah. you just oh we've you've achieved it you've achieved yeah like, you, you've you've achieved it I mean it's not necessarily what surfing is about but it's almost kind of getting to the point where you can surf or it doesn't even have to be about surfing it could just be about again being in the sea and kind of going the through hype, the battle and the hype we all had after like surfs like that where none of us had stood up on a wave at all we're just like literally battling with the waves getting out the back and we'd spend like three hours in the water like completely fucked like dragging our boards out the water yeah. getting in the car putting some tunes on getting warm yeah taking your this is winter surf so it's like freezing getting a, cold getting a coffee from the cafe getting warm getting a coffee and all being in the car listening to music like no drug will ever give me that feeling that <laughs> really not no because no, it's it's so um so clean and so uh, the endorphins feels, are just yeah everywhere. yeah <laughs> up to my eyeballs <laughs> <in it>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um yeah but yeah it's literally a great natural high and you almost feel like stoned you're like oh but mm. it's it's everything's enjoyable everything's so much nicer because you're just totally relaxed um, it's like you've been ten minutes a later. We're ten days spa, fast asleep. Yeah, it's just a great thing to do, isn't it? It's yeah, just... it's it's those those times where we were the only people in the ocean. There were no lifeguards. There were yeah. The, we've been the, the, everyone kind of knew that. Oh, there's gonna be no surf today. Well, yeah. let's not bother. <laughs> but we were like, yeah, let's go surf. We're free this weekend. Let's By go. no surf, you mean no good waves. But there's a lot of horrible waves that are yeah. just smashing you, and smashing you. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Sm- yeah, we've had some dangerous moments, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, I've been caught in a rip current or two. Yeah. <laughs> Waving for help. <laughs> no one's there. Yeah, that was the when we you went to Croy. When we went to Croy the other week, I lost my um, strap, didn't oh, I? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was in, in Putzborough, wasn't it? Yeah, Putzborough. Yeah. So um, me and Jack swam out and Louis, we were all there. We were trying to swim out past his break and this is stronger than anything. A lot of stuff that we'd ever come across, mm, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was similar to Molliette's, actually. We just it really wanted really to get strong. out the back. And that's normally the battle is just getting out the back and mm. finding the rip. Um, but anyway, me and Jack just kept swimming. Like, literally, 
we got past our first like uh, wave of energy and then like oh we're gonna have to lower wait here for a bit go back again swim 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 mm. third one gone and then we just kept going until we got out the back and then we just like we were we must have been in some sort of trance because the amount of energy it had taken us to get out the back yeah we were like i'm not getting because these waves that are coming like that are literally Say you're laying on the bet on your belly on the on the on the floor. It's higher than the ceiling of the thing. Like these waves are just coming over, and if you get hit by one, it hurts. Or, or like you're underwater for a little while. Mm. So we got out past them, and we're like, we must have been thinking we don't want to get hit by another one. So we just kept going. <laughs> so we kept swimming out, 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 and there's like there's these massive waves coming in. And anyway, you just see them developing. Like oh, he's, he's Christ, a Goliath. We, we looked around and we're like, fucking hell. We're we're literally way away from the beach. Like, there's no way he's going to break around here. Yeah, and we're like, we're we'd, in a rip here. Yeah, we had slowly been going bit so further, beach, a bit further. Normally, you surf around like I don't know, like that to there, and the, but we're like over here, and we're like, fuck. So we start swimming back, don't we? Mm. Swimming back, and then was it after that that I I basically got caught in a massive wave? And no, it was. It must have been afterwards. It must have been. I think it was before. Because I lost I, my board. I think board. this was a separate occasion. Were they? I think it was. Just, yeah, yeah, that was out. There was a because you were on a different board because you had left that board behind because the leash had broke, so you chose your other board. So yeah. then you came back out. Okay, so the start then, of the story is <laughs> <laughs> you started at the end. <laughs> you started right at the end. But the start of the story is one it's of those like waves. A Tarantino on. movie where all the chaps are all messed <laughs> up. <and Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> earlier, earlier on. I'd been on my little board and this big wave had picked me up, threw me over. Jack was still trying to get out to where I was. Yeah. So I was further out than Jack. And yeah. my board, I felt it. You know, when you go, wow, well, I, I, the, the wave picked me up, smashed me under the water and I'm underwater and I feel my leg because obviously it drags you underground, under, under the, deep down under the water. And I feel my board, like the tension on my leg and it just went ping. Right, and I'm I'm at a point where you heard, on my you heard, you heard it ping. I felt it. I felt yeah. it. It didn't hear anything, but it was like you know when there's tension. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. knew what had happened. Yeah, but like I'm at a point in in out in the ocean where I'd been trying to get to for ages on a board, and I just lost my board, and I've got no way of getting back to the to the beach. It's, it's a dangerous place to be. Moment. It's, it's a very dangerous moment. place to be. So finally, normally your board brings you back up in that scenario, but I had to swim to get up finally got my head above the water took a deep breath in and then the next wave <sighs> picked me up mm. boff and i'm, I'm underwater again well you're really no no this i didn't have a board so this oh, one this one just God. smashed me again so i'm smash yeah, smash yeah. i'm trying to get up i'm trying to get up i'm starting to panic a little bit because obviously i haven't got a board <laughs> and i'm looking and i start shouting you don't i'm yeah, like jack jack yeah, jack yeah. jack swim to me now swim to me now you gotta help me you gotta help me i've got no board you'd obviously see my board fling straight past yeah, you yeah. but it took even took him a while to get to me and anyway he finally got to me and like pretty much saved me didn't you did i well you you, you got to did i just swim past i think you? i think you sw- I, I, think, I think you managed to catch a wave in or, or on my body like a body okay. wave Body I think, <laughs> I think you did because I did try to to get to you, but you you got to me quicker. Yeah, well, um, surfing does funny things to me, mate. I don't remember like you know when there's times where you've been battling for a, for a wave and you'll surf it. Mm. I, I don't. Re- I I have to try really hard to remember what just happened like five seconds ago. Yeah, because I'm so like in the moment. Yeah, it just yeah, it's not something you remember very mm. well. Well, yeah, it, yeah, you kind of just because everything's very similar your 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 motions mm. and yeah it all merges into one um but yeah, then I, after it was after that i went and got my other board that louis was using what, we, what you were actually leading on to yeah was you caught the wave in and i i think i bottled a couple so i was still out there 
And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. then I suddenly realized how far out, far out I was, and I, I was, and I was getting less and less power from these waves. So I, I felt that I was actually in a rip. Yeah, I was going out. I was, okay, stay calm. What what we're taught is not to go against the current, but to go <laughs> go across it and whatnot. Yeah. So oh my god! And just as soon as I was about to panic, I saw a huge wave come. Oh my savior! And then <laughs> it crashes, and obviously the force. It just brings you in, and, and that's one of the, the nicest things. It's yeah, not as yeah. nice as riding a wave, but it's it's up there. When it must have been after that then, where we went out together, and we realized together, because I was on a bigger board then, that we were way too far out. Do you remember that? And we no, were that out there. no, that I think that was the moment, and then you caught one in. And that's what broke my board? No, no, no. No, 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 so you broke your board. We both came back in with your bigger board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We battled out, and we were like, oh, cool, right. And then you... you catch one in and the one that i caught in i remember i didn't stand up on it it was like a massive wave i realized we've got to get back to the shore before we <laughs> before we have to like shout for the coast guard or so i think yeah. louis was even ready to he was watching us from the from the beach and he was yeah. about he was about to go up and say my friends are in trouble like yeah. that we're that far out yeah but this huge wave came and i remember holding on to my board and it's like <laughs> it literally smashed and i was in the right spot to get the energy from it and i remember being in all the white water just going yeah. <laughs> and i it on like and it just fucking flew me straight in like yeah, like and then I was so worried about you. You were out there for ages. Yeah, you kind of clocked it and I was still oblivious. We said, mate, we got to go back. <laughs> I'm not doing like, this anymore. I was like, oh, it's fine. I've got my reference points. It's fine. And then yeah. slowly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. you got back. You I got, got back, back in a very similar manner. Like, yeah, just, just through the white water. And it's just amazing. What a feeling. Like, hey, yay. Back to safety. <laughs> back to shore. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, counterintuitive to what you try and do in surfing like you go back yeah. to shore well there's loads of times it's funny that the times we bring up are the time the hard times where we're not actually surfing but there's there's lots of times where the surf is good and um we're catching waves and we're progressing we're building our turns and mm. and all that kind of thing that's also like a great side of it it's yeah the progress yeah it happens very quickly and i think that's that's why we kind of look at look at the hardships. Well, I suppose the hardships make more of a better story, I think. Yeah. Well, not that battles. one. <laughs> <laughs> that one was all well, over the place. <laughs> started at the end. We did this, we did that. <laughs> oh, we must have just been fucked from the waves. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember shit. That's uh, <laughs> uh, part of being a beach it's, bum. Uh, surfing for me is the whole experience of going away, staying away, waking mm. up to do a particular, like surfing, like waking up, looking at the tides it's the whole thing of just like getting out of what you're doing day to day mm. yeah it's like setting out for an adventure yeah. yeah it's like right this is our course um this is what the weather's doing mm. it's like almost a and little just... expedition because you're getting into nature you need to kind of know know what's going on what are the forecasts this is the route this is like a cool spot that's getting with the locals yeah. see what they know and it's like a little investigation. And you're in like a small group. It's always, that's what's almost the best thing about it is mm. there's only like five or six of us or mm. maximum well, I mean, that's six. pretty, that's a It's three to four day. regularly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, and it's like you're all together and you're figuring it out and yeah, it's really, yeah, really you're, fun. You're bumbling around, making mistakes, but learning from them. And, and yeah. then, then you come across an expert and you're like in awe. Like, oh my God, this is, <laughs> like we've been doing this for like three, four years and we never knew that. That's amazing. Little nugget of information and discovery we're finding new spots mm. new places that we're going to revisit and yeah yeah mm. oh that's amazing and we, it's, it's almost we're like preaching this lifestyle and we, we're getting other 
mates involved and yeah there's more and more joining the group sort of investing and like the other day there was five or six of us for the first time this was at Porth Cool um and yeah like Joe Joe White was there with with Alf and Nathan the three of us and and we would just walk walk into the coast and I was like oh I feel like we're on point break or something (laughs) (laughs) it's a big group of us Rob Banks soon or (laughs) Yeah, like I can't just, remember that. That was a bit of a disappointing surf. That was not the yeah. The, day. The, the the fourth. It was New Year's Day. New Year's Day was unreal. That was the best one. New Year's Day was amazing. It was big glassy waves, and then we went again before. Oh, it was really? Oh no, sorry. The day after Boxing Day was the really good surf. See, I get every fucking story right. <laughs> <laughs> the I day think... after Boxing Day was amazing and big. We went twice over Christmas this year. Oh, I can't even. It's all that was amazing, blurred. glassy, perfect waves, and we were like, "Oh, oh my god, it... it worked! It really worked!" And we were catching these class waves, mate. It, it was just three. Of it was just three of us. Just three of us, yeah, and then yeah, we went yeah. back New Year's Day, and that was a disappointment. It was like there's so many people yeah, out there. it was very, very slow, slow wasn't it and, but it was yeah real really busy congested mate it was mm. so many people obviously go new year's day because it's new year's day and that yeah. can't, can't start the year right and all that yeah right i'm gonna get some ice for this room yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah, pause let's have some. i'm gonna pause it for two, two minutes while i get it <laughs> right we're back hello 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 hey, now some some i want to oh well let's get the drinks going as well do you want to yes. open that for me web yeah go on then get a bit of this a bit of this room <laughs> People, people like you, Jackie, oh, shit, telling me cool. stuff, all all the stuff you're interested in, and and you're doing stuff in film, yeah. and you're also studying physics, and you love surfing, and you love hanging out with your mates. Yeah. Where does the where does the motivation come from? How do you how do you keep such a a healthy body and a healthy mind, and keep going and constantly want more? Wow, you're you're seeing only the tip of the iceberg. Um, into, well, you know, I have I have ambition. Um, mainly, mainly because I've re- recently sort of just had clarity on what what direction I want my life to go th- go down, and you know through through teenage years and sort of being at university f- for the first time, you're kind of going through insecurities because like, you know puberty and and teenage rebellion and kind of figuring out your own identity and things like that this sort of clouds your your sense of purpose and your sense of how you approach life and whether you want to take it seriously or or whatever and i i I just find in 20 in your 20s for me anyway it's been a time of discovery a time of of adjustment a time of figuring things out and making mistakes and and it's get, getting clearer and clearer on what I really want to devote my time to. Mm. Um, and I see myself as a bit of a deep thinker and I kind of don't want to just go into something willy-nilly, just think, oh... Um, willy-nilly, there it is again. If I said it... No, 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 no. I was saying it loads on the other podcast. Really? I'm really sorry for interrupting that. That's the, you, were going, <laughs> you were going down a really nice path. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's my bad. <laughs> oh, should we just say okay. cheers? Yeah, cheers. Cheers. To totally uninformed. To totally totally uninformed. uninformed. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like there always has to be something which gives you that moment of clarity. That's nice. Yeah. For me, it was living living up north in the countryside and people saying, I always looked down on on townies and people who lived in cities like, what a... 
what a waste of life. Like they're just oh, oh everything's about work. Just chill mm. out. Just live in the country. Enjoy you. Enjoy your work. Do bits. Like help people out. Yeah, and then yeah. I moved down here, and then people see it the opposite way, and it's like wow, there isn't a. We're kind of brought up immediately thinking this is the way of life. Yeah. And then as soon as you see more than one perspective, you're like, literally, you're like fucking hell. Yeah. Like, nothing is nothing is right, and people. Get this sense of perfect in their head and stick with it, but mm. inside they know there's more. But it's almost like they're scared to explore. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. Gl- yeah, that's that way of thinking's amazing, really, because it just talk, talking about becoming, say, wise, for instance, and being wise is discovering that you you don't know anything, you will never know everything, um, and. A little thing I thought of earlier was um, imagine life being a puzzle, but you need to realize that you're never going to finish this puzzle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a mad thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah uh, so, you know, if, if you get people that think that there's a complete picture, they're just going to be in almost like a, a trap that they, that, they're going to find all the pieces and and they're going to be in that rat race. They're going to be um, just thinking that at the end of the tunnel, that's when I'm going to be happy. That's, that's the thing Um, that is, um, you know, that's what I'm searching for that. When I get to that goal, that's when it's all going to make sense. But if you learn that, it is the path not the destination then then you will will sort of have that clarity and definitely going abroad traveling like you know it's the typical gap year um people take the piss but it's a great way to not find find yourself is isn't total bullshit but it's 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 discovering that giving yourself perspective that what you know is nothing um discovering other people's lives other people's backgrounds giving it just, just stretching your soul really and, and exposure to of the way other people live their lives mm. it just gives you like you were saying jake just takes your perspective and just kind of blows it out of the water and makes you realize just gives you another angle on how you can live your life and how yeah, you can make it up yourself. You don't have to live by what you've always been taught or what um, you've always known. And what's important to you, and maybe discovering through different people's personalities and characters, who who maybe discovering yourself because you know you you grew up with with your mates and that's great. But then you move away and you meet other people and you find other parts of yourself that you never explored because you know you're you're stuck in your ways with your mates you you kind of it's your comfort zone you're having a great time you're in a bubble you're in a bubble and you're not you're not reaching your full potential or you're not tapping into other things about yourself and um meeting other people can do that and you can influence more people and and yeah it, it's awesome um people get stuck in that group herd mentality don't they where people enable certain habits and then you just think, yeah, no, this is all fine. This is all good. And and, pe- and people stick with it. And it's almost like a, 
a third on reality. And what you said about the puzzle was interesting because mm. I always go back to, and I don't know who said this originally, the fact that we're not here to find the meaning of life. We're here to experience it. Mm. And it's being, it's so hard to admit what you said that you don't know everything mm. and you've just got to kind of live with the fact that you don't know everything. And you never, you will never know everything. Like when you're, you're you know, your, your grandkids will teach you things. Um, yeah. You, yeah. Your great grandkids will teach you things. And, and Learn it's really important. It's really important actually uh, uh, being a, a senior citizen or being a, a, um, a figure where people look up to you or um leading by example that you you need to show them that you're you're willing to learn too that you're that that nothing is absolute that you, your word isn't the be all and end all that we we're, we're all on this journey together what what i know and say isn't isn't the the letter of the law in terms of that that's how life needs to be led um because you need to adapt you know, the the whole culture of humans and and the planet you know is, will forever be changing so you can't just stick to one way of, of living and and you know we could get into get into religion and things like that and i don't know to i i shouldn't really comment too much on it because i don't know how i mean it's it's dangerous territory because it uh but of how much the religion adapts and whatnot. Um, but a lot of it is formed on things which were written thousands of years ago and, and you get extremists and that's where problems occur. And that that's where you get confusions and you get conflicts and these extremists may take things literally. And I think that's people who want to believe they know the meaning of life and they've got a religion to stick by. And then that can they can live easier. They can they can know that after after there's an afterlife mm. and everything's cared for. And if they stick to this rule book, it'll all be good. Mm. And they're yeah, I think they're people who are too scared to not. Well, obviously not. I'm not yeah. saying anything bad about religion, but I'm saying it does. There must be a comfort in being religious. De yeah, ho de definitely. And that that's sometimes it's important for people to find a comfort in something whether they've gone through real hard times um, and they they need something to, to guide them, to support them. And it, it, it's a lot of the time it is easier to, to have a mystical thing that you can't see to guide you because, mm. because you can almost trust that, like, like a, a mystical being instead of... It's got a purpose. Yeah. For a lot of people. Yeah. It's comforting, isn't it? Because yeah. I... I grew up Christian and then kind of in my teenage years, I went away from that. Mm. But it is, it is still in me a little bit. Sometimes when I'm going through hard times and hardship, I will, I will tell myself I don't believe there's anything out there. Mm. But I will still kind of look to God and be like, please, like show me direction. It's just comforting to feel like something out there can show you the word. Totally. It's, it's, it's almost like a form of meditation of just taking a moment to, to feel like you, you've you've got to support whether in fact it is almost supporting yourself but if you're if, if you can't rely on anyone and you you're sort of like or you need, need direction yeah it, it, it's to, to take that pause and just sort of be outside of your body for a second and think right and, and reflect and 
well, sort of what what to do from here. Um, it's like a to have a religion to follow kind of gives you that roadmap mm. for people that are really struggling, I suppose. Mm. Um, that's m- maybe not why it was in what it's intended for, or where it came from, or what people believe. Yeah, it's probably. Huge but it does. It right? is helpful for a lot of people. Mm. I've never been religious personally. Um, I I was brought up in a well through school mainly. I was brought up to um believe in the story of the Bible and all that kind of thing. Christianity. Mm. Mm, yeah, you, we you know my first school and and middle school and stuff. You know, you, you at, at assemblies you you sing hymns and you know obviously westernized culture anyway we celebrate easter and christmas as a as a standard and um now i just worship the waves <laughs> <laughs> i mean in a way yeah I, for me <laughs> Going away. I, I, I would yeah i mean i would worship nature i think if you want to worship anything and Get back to anything nature you know nature has given you life like quite literally um so mm. you know I, I haven't looked into it again but you know like pagans and stuff like that i think that's what they're into or i, I don't really know but <laughs> yeah. to worship in nature well to the world around them yeah to to, to wor- worship Obviously, this is a this is another thing that religion was spawned from. Probably was to um, have meaning and find meaning and definition of the unknown. So before the the uh, development of of our sciences and how we've discovered how things really work and whatnot, um, just for example, how you know, like the the Greeks and the Egyptians, how the sun rose and everything so egyptians it was like the god ra would and and they have many gods to for, for different elements of nature of how how the the forces and nature would would work mm. and um like the greeks had um the god apollo riding a chariot for the sun and whatnot so it's just to, to find meaning of the unknown and it, and it comforts people um with that um yeah, I think there's yeah. a comfort going to religion. And like you were saying, George, a lot of people go through struggles and then find religion and it really helps them. Mm. But I almost feel, so like I said, I was religious and there was a comfort in knowing, ah, oh, after people I know die, they go to heaven and it's, it's all good. Mm. And then leaving that and then starting to think on the other side of it and thinking after death, there's, they're, they're gone. Yeah. To, to not have grew up with that, and then to start to realize it and do research and think about it myself, it almost makes it, it almost makes it worse. It almost makes it like fucking hell. Been, all this time I thought, yeah, yeah. yeah, all this time in my head I thought, after death, people, I've got comfort in knowing that my loved ones go, we'll go to heaven and a we'll be looked place. after. Yeah, a better place. Yeah. And then switch, well, as you grow up switching, I feel like it makes it a lot more difficult. Ooh. Yeah. Another thing to think about, bit more of a positive light on it is that quite literally we are made up of the same things as what stars were once made up of Mm. and it's quite likely that right now we are made up of previous stars and like the atoms and that's right yeah the, the same elements and when we biodegrade when we're dead 
um, obviously this is discounting whether what we think an actual soul is and, and the consciousness. But what what our, happens to our bodies is it's almost when we decompose, those atoms will slowly go back to where they originated from. Mm. So that that's a sort of back into it the could, system. Could 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 be like a heaven in a way, but very sort of literal reality one. Um, yeah, I see when when people put it like that, like you've just done, I see that in a positive way. Mm. I look at that and that, that gives it's quite me romantic, comfort. right? Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's, that's pretty cool. But then moving on to, you know, are we really just our bodies and what is a soul? What is consciousness? Those are pretty cool things. Um, there and whether we can attach our consciousness to a computer and then become <laughs> wow <laughs> but to me when i think of stuff like that i think it's like copy and pasting you're you're not moving to the computer there would be a copy of a you replica, and that's yeah. not you but it will act like you it's got all your memories all your thoughts it's just a new version that of that you. is more realistic that's probably you know what is like you know all this data that's our internet versions of ourselves right are by the day are getting more and more accurate to how we perceive ourselves mm. how we express ourselves because of our habits online so who knows like it could get to a stage where this data analysis this um will get so sophisticated that it can use that as a thumbprint use that as a <laughs> as a personality and put and it put, into, put it into a, it whoa. Uh, into a computer into a humanoid um robot and but I it mean, wouldn't be you your consciousness it wouldn't be you wouldn't be it'll be experience it'll be like mm. a not a literal clone but it would be not you it'll be a copy of you it'll yeah. be, it'll be you'd like be able to experience it from the outside looking in yeah looking like, oh, you wouldn't you, be you that can live thing. forever i'm gonna <laughs> die oh. <laughs> stuff like that and but a great sci-fi movie, which is set in dystopian future, is Chappie, which touches on downloading your consci- your actual consciousness into a robot, and you become the and robot. You, and you're, you're that robot. Ever, ever like living. it's like I'm thinking, talking right now, but I'm in a robot body. It's like, and my my body's just over there, and whatever I'm in this yeah. robot body, and it's like wow. And then can you go back in Chappie? Does can, do you ever go back to the? I don't know. Is the, they don't cover it. I mean, no. <laughs> they don't go that deep. I, I, I think it's a one-way road. But, yeah, well, um, I imagine it is. Uh, yeah, wow. and I don't believe it <laughs> will ever happen. If that option was there, if that so, it's <laughs> yeah. not. It's not that copy and paste. It's your consciousness is moved into a robot body, mm. and you can live until you choose to push the button and go. Now nah, I'm sick of this. Bang. Yeah. Do you think you'd do that, or would you rather live this natural life where it comes to an end in a natural sense? I, right now, I would be chappy. <laughs> would you? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't know if I'd want to experience because death then to see what see what it's see what it's all about. Do, do you think you would? You get to that point where you're just about to die. You've got the option. Do you want to carry on living and be in a robot body and yeah. carry on forever, or do you want to just pass away? Yeah. That's a difficult question. Surely, mm. that's, that's not one you just say. Yeah, I'll stay. Well, like. my, my, my right now, yes. It would be, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. then I could I could explore. But how, imagine all the technical 
like things that could go wrong or like you could be living in hell like just like around this i don't know in this horrible experience it could be it's, well, it's, the, it's the unknown isn't it it's well, whether you it's take whether it, how how test if it was like i was like the first sort of prototype and mm. no one really knew what it would be like that would be a bit a sketchy bit yeah i mean you, yeah you could be you could not compute and they'd be like what am i doing but, but if it sort of worked out i mean you could go off into the universe and, mm. and not need a, a space suit and yeah you could you could have like upgrades like wings and all like I've got jet, a skeptical look on all that. That that sounds amazing, but like Oh, I'm in sci fi <laughs> land right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm just going with how, how far it could go and and like you could discover the you could be like super not Superman, but yeah. you could just explore the whole The more I think about it, the more I'd take I'd take the blue pill and stay alive <laughs> rather than Rather than just pass away, but it'd be interesting. <laughs> and you're in control of when you want to go. I mean, that's oh, yeah, pretty right. hard. Yeah, that's just that must be yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like hmm, control <laughs> or delete. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough for me. That's kind of where the world's head not not in the sense of actually passing your consciousness over, but stuff Ooh. like the metaverse, where you can sit there, you can be in that, you can own digital real estate, be in it, be an entrepreneur in this digital world, and like you can give yourself upgrades and the world's i think the world is going to head that way very very soon well it already mm. is the facebook metaverse all mm. this digital world i can't i don't think i'd want to be invest. in that yeah <laughs> invest in that Ooh, um yeah but it, we're talking also about it's uh three letters it's like n nlts or something. nft nfts I mean, non-fungible that, token isn't it that bloke that i I can't get my head around that really. I mean, I've only read one sort of article about it, and it's someone creates some some commuter art, right? And yeah. then how is it. that value so starts? You know, you know, if I draw a drawing like that poster on the wall, mm. so that was done FEO collaboration with Benny, and I pay for that poster, and I own it. Is a copy. Say that was an original. Mm. It, it it's there's is copies of that. But if that was an original, I own that, and it's worth X amount. And then with NFTs, someone could create a piece of art on the computer mm. and then I will purchase that and I will have the rights to it. So obviously people can fucking right click and save the image as a JPEG. Mm. But as far as actually owning it goes, I own it. But right. I don't, yeah, it, right, it's okay. hard for me to understand. So you, well. sell, you I can understand sell, it. I just can't see the benefit. You can sell prints of the original, right? Yeah. Well, it's, selling it's like art. So you, you know, like JPEG you, being a print. You, yeah, you could buy a piece of art for a million pounds mm. and it's worth that and then later you can sell it on. It's like that. You just own the digit. It's just, a, it's only digital. You own the digital rights to it. It's the same as how I could take a picture of the Mona Lisa on my phone or I could get it on Google Images. It doesn't mean I own it. Mm. But it's confusing. What, but it's what, going what start, what, why is it so yeah. valuable? How is it? Well, it's going even... boom? Like, how is it? So... It's going even further now. Yeah. Like, you can buy some... Land. You can buy clothes and then rather than just owning the the image of it yeah. your character in games and the metaverse will be able to wear them so it's slowly becoming your life your investments will be all digital it's like runescape on steroids yeah <laughs> man. i mean so so you have a a metaverse so you have like a an avatar which spans across the whole internet almost well, I, I'm talking about it. I don't know too much about it. But, but like, it could turn into that, right? And, yeah, yeah. And like, you could start having clothes for it and, hmm. and it appears and everywhere. And 
So if I look in my if I look in my large bank on my phone, I own that money. I can see it. I own it. Mm. And then it's gonna become. I look on my computer. I've got this land in game. I've got this clothes in game. I own all that the same as I own real world money. Like this is worth something. At the end of the day, is it just like a status thing? Yeah, but that's all life is. It's just real life in a version. Why would I buy nice clothes for status? Because Mm. I want to look good. And the same in game. I want my friends and the people who come to visit me in game to know I look good and have a high status. It's gone to that stage. Yeah, wow. Who cares? (laughs) For me, yeah, I I, want to like experience the real world, like culture and like do cool adventurous activities there's too much of that that we haven't quite touched upon to, to yeah, then move I, into I, I an artificial be... land <laughs> that's my opinion on it personally. like you said about convenience though how convenient is it to go home where you've mm. always lived look at your computer yeah. screen and everything's experienced there be someone else and like go yeah. go skiing online and yeah i mean it's it's with a certain demographic that feels like they they can't have those opportunities in real life or it's just they just simply enjoy it i guess and that's Mm. that's what they know that's what their mates do and and you have these entrepreneurs which do capitalize on all of this and see it as a way of making money quick and what they do with that money is up to them but at the end of the day money is a way you you know you've got money's for spending and obviously what you spend it on is that the kind of cat I can hear? Yeah, George, you've got the cat out. I'm trying, trying to get in. Um, obviously, you, you, you do want to invest for the future, so money is a good way of, of building up capital to then secure future for maybe your kids or whatever and build an empire and that sort of thing. But try to use money for good, and obviously good is, is, perspective, is, is what you make of it. But if I had a lot of money, right, I, I've already got a plan of what... Uh, what I what my dream thing is and that's to make an institution which promotes permaculture living and how to live self like self-sustained or live more sustainably to to be responsible for your impact on the planet and so it'd be a big plot of land that you it'll be a big of, it'll be a big plot of land and you invite people to come and what? learn the, learn learn how you live and yeah yeah and and obviously it'll be like a little community but my analogy of it is um i don't i don't want to mock my dream but it's thinking you know the x-men right yeah and you got xavier's school for gifted kids Mm. and he's got this plot of land and he finds these people who have these gifts and he teaches them how to use them responsibly and how that it is a gift not a curse and whatnot but imagine an institution like that but bringing people in who who are a bit lost and want to discover how to be responsible and want to live sustainably and want to be good good to the planet and everything because mm. it's getting worse and they can come there and and live like that and what they've learned they can go out into the world and promote that and 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 yeah and and that that that's my sort of imagining of it so far in its early form but it but it's it's like an institution it's like almost not like a rehab but for also people who um are like anxious and people who like want to be mindful and it's a whole way of living and just a different different way of seeing how to live and and away from 
um, capitalism, away from communism, away from all all these different ways of society, and it's creating your own little heaven on heaven and earth almost. Um, and yeah, it's seeing seeing how you want to live and, and taking control of that. Mm. Um, if if you're not happy the the way the government runs things or whatever, you can have your own little little land and live self-sustained and you could do all that online yeah yeah well i think <laughs> what you're on about you right let me um what i've got <laughs> what i've got up on the screen here is that game i was on about sandbox mm. so i think this is a little, little map of it let me get it up yeah so, so look so this is the world in game and people own these big blocks sandbox yeah so look the so the value got- of this map is more than $500 million. And it just in 2021, in this one game, 80 million land sales. And it's like um, like Atari. So companies are buying mm-hmm. digital real estate and people are paying paying crazy amounts of money to get near them. I, I, think, I think here, what? I think where my mouse is now, that's, um, I don't know, it might be somewhere else on the map to be fair, but Snoop Dogg bought a big plot of land in game mm. people pay millions to live next to him in the <laughs> game like mi- millions and it's how crazy. is it and look this is look the game's just like it's just a, it's just a game it it's like, like it's almost like what you were saying about um sustainable living and everything yeah. like that and the the way people should be looking towards living mm. it's i feel like this is almost just a cop out, to be honest, where it's, you're like, it's going it's the all opposite. Too, yeah, the op- complete it's, it's opposite esca- It's escapism. Yeah. Status as well. It's, it's to kind of prove so, how much money you've got to, yeah, to show how well you're doing. It's. Uh, but I suppose, I suppose it's a way of. Um, it is a way of investing, like you would in property, and and so you build capital instead of letting it rely on almost nothing interest rates with banks and whatnot. But. Um, to spend a lot of time i mean it could just consume you and you're you're just being consumed with something that isn't real i mean there must if, if be you're limits using, if you i mean if you're using it as like a, a, a side thing to to invest and build mm. money up fair enough but if it's kids just spending their, their free time being consumed by that trying I mean, to yeah. achieve a goal within that realm of yeah digital oh i know it landscape yeah or, or yeah have you ever been consumed by something and almost addicted to something that's not real yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah definitely like um like growing up you know when you're when you're younger you've got your game boy or whatever and or you got your ps4 uh, well playstation 2 it was back then um or xbox and, and you just for me i would i'd get a game new console game for christmas and i'd play it on the boxing day and be done by the 27th of december <laughs> yeah and that'll be it and you do have a lot of motivation in that time as well when you're playing you're fully invested yeah you wake up you live and breathe that game yeah and that's how those games are designed and but yeah. it's it's great because you're, it's fine until you get a game that does never end yeah well yeah that's it <laughs> that's isn't it, it. <laughs> this we're going towards the point where these games never end yeah. you have constant there's constant no aggression. complete stage that addiction you're talking about just it's for a, a three-day hit, period, yeah. that yeah. dopamine hit of a three-day period where you're completely in the game and you, and then you finish it and you think, oh, that's over. Imagine that, but it's always there. It never finishes. Mm. Since you asked that question, I kind of understand why that kind of thing exists a lot more because of the motivation I have yeah. to kind of complete certain games at certain periods of my life. I can I can see how that would translate to someone who was exposed to it at a younger age and they're constantly trying to get that 
status on the game and to complete the game. Mm. If the game doesn't ever complete, then I can see how someone get could get caught up in that forever. Yeah, I mean, we, we've we've had we've experienced that in our it's, yeah in, in most recent history. Yeah, we went through a spell of RuneScape. Did you? <laughs> Do you ever play RuneScape? When no, you, no. I, I used to watch um, my cousin James and my brother Dan play it a bit. Yeah. But I ne- no, I never got into it. Well, it's. I mean, it's really. It's the addictive thing is if you're really into open world games and just progressing because you've got all these different skills. Excuse me, and you can just level up level mm. up and and it's it's just cool because you can do all these different things like fish mine and trade and trade and, and and woodcut and all, all the and you can go around this whole land and it's it's that adventurer in you and it's also that want to progress and develop and i i just discovered well why don't i treat real life like that mm. if i with, with the same motivation and that leads back into what you asked earlier to lead on where all these different things what's my motivation and it came from I, RuneScape. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the no, the realization of that it was always there, but I was just channeling it through something that wasn't real, hmm. that wasn't really but helping that, my life. That game almost laid it out for you, like you're building skills, you've got your crafting, you got your all those different skills involved. You, you've I mean, kind of taken those and you've related them to your yeah your I mean, real life. Using scenario. it as an analogy and using it as a metaphor it just it did make sense to think of goals like that to to split them up and think oh it'd be really cool to do all this and achieve um, that yeah and it, it, for me growing up it's just always reaching your potential and tapping into that is it's in your control you're the only one stopping yourself tapping into your potential and and growing from it and and thinking whoa I'm sort of just sitting here reality is yeah i'm doing spending like all these days doing this stuff and like, oh, that's what i've done in the game it's amazing <laughs> in reality i've just been sat in the same spot it doesn't take long to realize i think there was a week it was about a week yeah. or two weeks for me where yeah. you're like let's do this and i yeah. was doing it with you and yeah. it was during lockdown obviously yeah. so there's not much else to do yeah. and um got caught up in this and we were on facetime or just on the phone the whole time talking and going through quests and it sounds <laughs> the most yeah it sounds ridiculous <laughs> But, um, but it was it was very enjoyable. It was enjoyable period of at, like at the time because you do, you know you, when you don't have anything else to do. Yeah. Well, you yeah, you had plenty of other things. Downtime. But, but um, yeah, we got to a well. I definitely got to a point, and I'm sure you did, where you yeah. realised. I lost like a you bit just longer, said, but you're yeah. See, yeah, you do. <laughs> you're like you're coming on. I'm like, nah. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go build a shed outside. <laughs> I need to do something real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but and I'm like, well, I'm building my house, man. I, uh, doing, come <laughs> yeah. out. Where's that? Like my, my construction level. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh it's in it's in Lumbridge. Come on, yeah. come, come online. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, and, it, and then that sort of dawned on me, like, oh, okay, maybe I should continue learning it's to play not guitar progress. And shit like that. It's not progress, but you can take things from that. You can. Yeah, and I mean, you, th- th- like that's what what I said. You know, your twenties, it's sort of tripping over to learn to walk again and stuff like that, and um. And yeah, it, it sometimes is important to to learn for yourself. That you know you, your parents can always drill into you. This is this is the right way to go about things. But then you you take the long route and you kind of do the opposite thing and you learn why they told you it in the first place. But in a way, it's almost good to do that because then you've at least experienced it. And mm-hmm. obviously, a lot of people they do that route, but it doesn't work out, and it's actually sort of life changing, which is 
which is really unfortunate. That's obviously why parents instill it in the first place. A lot but of the people that are on that sand, what did you call it? Sand sandbox. Sandbox. Yeah, sandbox. Yeah, at a grassroots level, a lot of those people would be doing it for the same reasons me and Jack were. Like mm, it's yeah. just like quick fixes, or we can literally sit here and we can get that gain. And it's not, and what's what's attractive about it is you 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 progress a lot quicker than you do in life. Sense of achievement, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So you're you're on this game and you're progressing. You're progressing. There's so much dopamine coming in because mm. that's what the game is designed to do. Is to just to feed those little urges you've got in your brain. Mm. Yeah. And um. Yeah, but I worry for the the next generation, the generation after us. So we're saying, yeah, our parents were telling us, no, you can't be playing games all day, you can't be doing this and that. But for us, where it's kind of more of the norm, how how are people our age going to come across to their kids? Are, they're just gonna, it's going to be the norm to play games, and then it's not going to be taught away from them. And I think we will just go to Royals, this virtual world, and it'll just. I've be... got a lot of opinions on yeah. what you just said there. <laughs> yeah, well, it's about. Yeah, how you approach parenthood, isn't it? Yeah, um, and yeah, I've yeah, I've got clear, you've got clear some strong like, opinions. Yeah, I've got clear like, clear ideas, but obviously, you know, I haven't got haven't got the partner, and the, obviously they'll have their own opinions. But um, I, you know, I could go very extreme, but like I said, it would be more of a, a stable environment where I would create my own sort of form of society almost like this permaculture institute or it would start off as just my own family as, as a permaculture or depending what my situation is it might actually turn into can a, we describe what permaculture is before? yeah sorry yeah per permaculture i know what being, it is i'm um, talking to you a lot but, but perma is is permanent it's permanent culture and, and it's essentially i haven't studied it in its depth yet um but how I understand it is it's it's self-sustained living. It's like that program, if you ever watched it, it's an old program called The Good Life. And it's about a guy who is a successful businessman and he's like, sees the sort of the evil behind it. And it's sort of very selfish and it's very money driven. He's like, oh, I'm quitting this. And he sort of goes back home with his wife and says, look, let's just, just live off the land. Let's just buy a goat and sort of milk it and, and whatever and get some chickens and it's the it, dream, it, and, it, and it's just sort bit. of get getting by off your own back and sort of trading things you own and to to and trading favors and other things like that i i i'm not talking to never earn money again i think it's important to still not just be be in your cave and not deal with the outside world not at all i want to influence the outside world lead by example um you know, I don't want to tell my kids, you know, this is the way to live. I want you to follow in my footsteps. I want to teach them how to Expose think, them think to for them themselves yeah. and mm. think for themselves and te teach them how they want to live and, and whatever. And it's up to them how they approach the world. But yeah, this institution will, will be will be teaching people these things and they'll be involved in this community and they'll have influence on the world and and hopefully it will spread. But I don't want it to turn into something bad and something controlling. I, I'd want it as like an educate, a form of education, a form of um, the permaculture dictator. <laughs> Jack Neville. <laughs> I mean, this yeah, is I, how we live. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm joking. It's, but it's it's just the way of educating people of of understanding why I think it's very important why many people because the, these these communities already exist you know you've got places in British um, Colombia and Canada and you've got Costa Rica as well there's two main places I'm aware of there'll be many more um, 
because the, these places actually do courses so people can travel over and do like a two-week course and you you learn about farming you learn about um what permaculture is and whatnot and um yeah it's it's something to teach people that it's in their control how they want to live you know um and they don't have to earn a big salary they don't settle for a job they don't like um just to have the quality of life they want they can sort of discover the quality of life they want and what that means and and find their own path they don't they don't have to fall, fall into the, the generic thing or or what um surely the within, main society within that society that there will naturally become a status that there'll be people that become i'm not sure like i'm not very big on like i don't know much about like mass psychology but i imagine that within that permaculture group that you talk of mm. as it gets bigger mm. there will have to be some sort of hierarchy or uh, yeah so some sort of status i've sort of thought about this i've thought about like a a council approach so have have a certain but whether it be the founders or whether it be elected people or whether it be just the elders or whatever all the people that feel more responsible so just a, a table of people to make the decisions to so to have a democracy yeah not not to have a dictatorship not to have but you know with with any big large community you need people to make the decisions overall mm. because because i mean it, that that that's how you have people get along almost because mm. if you have prison rules not prison rules but if you have um prison anything um, not prison rules but <laughs> anything goes like it, it's yeah. almost you've got to have some sort of structure you'll, you'll have Eventually. some sort of structure early on the early days will be the like the best days surely like that's when everything's kind of being figured yeah. out and everyone's excited about this new way of but, life but, but it'll it'll be a constant flow it won't be right we finally found this structure that works and that's how it's always going to be or no it'll always be adapting it'll always be learning how how can this work best because that's the yeah. whole for me the whole point going into this is you don't want it to turn into the very thing you were against um yeah yeah you, yeah, you kind of want to kind of keep to that obviously it'll have its rocky periods and stuff but you'd need to have like a core principle of why you started it initially and never sort of lose lose sight of that yeah. um back to your original question i think the way that i'm going to approach Obviously, that wasn't your question, but like, if I was to have kids, I just want to expose them to as many things as I could possibly could. Mm. I haven't got the dream that Jack's got. You've obviously got a good idea as to how you want to. Um, well, that's that's like a goal for you, isn't it? It's like a dream. Oh to, no, it's it's not it's not even a dream anymore because for me, you're started on the on the on the. Yeah, it's very realistic. Um, yeah, yeah, I I know it's just a matter of time now. To be honest, mm. um, have you started on that journey? Yeah, slowly but surely in terms of knowing, because I, I feel that initially permaculture, you, you need experts in certain things. So I want to be an expert in, visit, in in a field of physics. So I want to be on that journey. And I'm also learning to to sort of be a jack of all trades. That's why the whole transport thing and and being a, a prop man in this industry, in the TV industry, you almost like a multi-skilled person, like a, a DIY sort of guy and learning 
how to build structures, learning um, carpentry, electronics, plumbing, that sort of thing's quite important to me. Um, and then to build capital to invest in land and whatnot, I want to go into property. Um, I've, I've already sort of got into webinars to sort of learn how to get into that. It's it's slow, slow moving ball, but I. I'm just gonna have patience about it. So I don't have to do it from thirty or anything like that. It'll just it'll happen when it happens. It's so I, it's step by step. Um, and like I said, and it'll be passed down to obviously the younger generation that you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I I could be like late fifties, sixty when it's happening. But I've sort of that that's another thing. Like making sure I I. I connect with people who could follow me on this journey to to build that team. So when I eventually do it, they 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 have it, and it's it will just continue. Um, and yeah, and I'd want to inspire people. And and like I said, another thing that's helped me on this journey is permaculture courses, and to actually learn in depth what's already going on out there and um, seeing examples of that. So. Yeah, it's 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 just for me. It's it's quite an obvious goal. Well, it's it's not obvious, but it, it's very realistic now. It's not just like a a dream that ah, oh, I'm gonna. Did you study of mice and men at school? I did. John John Steinbeck. No, no, no. Well, so the whole thing is the the um, living off the fat of the land. Living off the fat of the land. Their their dream. Their dream is. To, to have a farm isn't it and with with the rabbits and all that sort of thing and that that's <laughs> rabbits. And, and it's all about the american dream that john yeah. steinbeck's trying to get, get to and in a way it's my american dream but it's not really a dream anymore because i feel like i am in control of of the steps on that path and it's attainable obviously exactly, yeah. if there's those communities out there you plan on building your own mm. then why not obviously you need to get into yeah you i mean to, I, you need to figure out obviously it could be being involved and yeah it could be being involved in one for for however long and then yeah and then see where it goes i mean it's 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 a fluid future man i'm not like setting in anything in stone it's it's except i've for got clear intentions close to the sea <laughs> or is that maybe not, maybe you're not bothered well it's i don't know um set anything in stone because if if I commit to that, then uh, you know I'm, I'm maybe making a sacrifice. Elsewhere, sac- right? Yeah, so it it's important for me not to make calls like that too early on. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, by the sea would be amazing. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I mean, like, right now, every time I think about moving away, like, oh, how where's the surf though? Like when I'm moving <laughs> to a place, where's the surf? That is literally all I think about yeah. when it comes to like those kind of goals mm. into the future. If I could get to a point where i could be self-sufficient or uh, sustainable within what i do and mm. what i want to do then mm. if it could be close to the sea then that's the ultimate the ultimate dream yeah, yeah. what about you jake in regards to bringing up kids and i've got no the idea new generation no idea. i've got no idea you're still a kid aren't you i'm yeah. still a kid yeah. <laughs> young pup <still>. 21 <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah plenty plenty of time and well yeah um so are we really yeah at heart well, well at for, heart, for me yeah. <laughs> at yeah. heart yeah <laughs> <laughs> you old fuck <laughs> no, I'm um yeah i'm not ready to be a dad. i'm far from ready well i don't feel right because i want to 
I want to have a lot more sort of knowledge or have, have experienced a lot more um, to pass on to my kids. Um, but obviously, I want to have new experiences when they're young too. And, and obviously, on my journey, that I'll be a part of their early journey too. Um, That's a conflict in my head at the minute is um, obviously, I want to have kids and I want to bring kids up, but I just... Do I wait? Do I, obviously, initially, my initial thought is I want to wait and enjoy my youth as it mm. is. But then do I want to have kids now so that I can enjoy their youth with with still having a bit of my youth as yeah. a part of it? Like, it's, it's, it's a thing that until this year, I've always thought, no, I want to wait, I want to wait, I want to wait, I want to mm. But then um, more and more I'm thinking, do I want to be younger whilst I have kids? Do I want to see them at a certain age? Do I want to experience their life i think e more and either way it will work because you yeah. just adapt to it yeah. e either way um obviously it doesn't make it easy making a decision or whatever um but it's just i don't think there's any pressure there like or any urgency except for the pressure coming from, <laughs> coming from the person i live with <laughs> but, <laughs> but no well, my, my, my point is either way it'll be cool either way yeah i'm sure you, you'll you'll bring them up how you want to bring them up and mm. it'll it'll be it'll be cool yeah, um, you, you'll be adapt nice to have you'll adapt to the scenario won't you? yeah my my main thing i think of it is the more freedom i have when i have kids the the better I will be as a parent. Like mm. if I'm tied down to whatever it is, doesn't matter who you are, like whether you've, you're tied down to a certain thing, you have to be there at a certain time. You have to be away at that, at that time. The more of those, less freedom you have, the less control you have over yeah, that yeah. period of your life when totally. you're bringing, bringing yeah, new you have, people into the, into the world. That you're, Yeah, you have less time to spend with them or less time to sort of have that So the more freedom, energy. the better. That's why your goal is pretty cool because obviously if you get yourself in that position well, it'll, be then, it'll be all entangled like my day-to-day -day will be part of part of yeah. bringing them up almost like homeschooling them um in a sense that'll be my ideal homeschooling around other kids that are also being homeschooled or homeschooled it could be. honestly like, it could be yeah I mean, they're just they're just influenced by their own uh, siblings I mean, I think it's important There's to no. be surrounded by many people. I mean, yeah, I, I think if if it gets this scenario, I'd be open to it to have. If it's a family or a couple I trust enough, and and they're open to it too, we could just share a part of land. We can share a property, and and it will just be like a community, and yeah, like mm. it'll it'll just be open, and if if you get along, and it'll just and you'll be yeah you don't have to go nine to five and then come back and you're too tired to sort of interact and whatever yeah. your nine to five is all entangled it's almost probably like how it is yeah working on a owning a farm probably. my um it's probably quite my dream that i shared with a good mate of mine you both know louis when mm. we were 16 maybe even younger 15 on to the age of like 18 we always used to dream of just having a plot of land that me and Louis, initially it was like a plot of land that we could have a caravan on that we'd ride quad bikes around. But it's like the idea of having your own space to create, to, to not give a fuck about what's going on around you in the towns and mm. what's going on like na nationally, internationally, you've got your own plot of land and you're literally 
creating your own kind of way to live society mate. that was the yeah away away from society but the, at the time it was more like we can just have fun and not care yeah, what you, anyone else thinks it's but, your own mm. way of living how how you want to create your own heaven on earth it's like that sort of idea um yeah and that that's what permaculture what my view it is could unlock um well mine and louis view on it at that age would have been very unsustainable no but <laughs> we'd have just been like getting drunk every night yeah. making a fire and driving quad bikes around but, but it's, like, it's, permaculture it's is still... like like it uh, that that on steroids it's got like it's got its own ecosystem well it's like an adult it's view itself. of it it's an adult view of it because yeah. when you're younger when you're a kid your your views your values pro they will be influenced but your deep values probably stay the same. Or your your way of how you observe the world and how you kind of want to live might sort of stay the same if if you don't get all entangled in your vices when you're an adult. Yeah. Um, Which it is easy to fall into. It's, it's easy to do, and it's easy to kind of be influenced and kind of um, be on the rat race or um, just. Yeah, just just kind of get on a on a different path and just be get your blinkers on and stick to it. But if you have that time of clarity and and reflection and kind of deep thinking, you can kind of think, oh, that's what I always wanted to do. Um, like one of my ambitions when I was a teenager was being like Jack Dawson from Titanic and just traveling the world, place to place, being like a nomad. How it is now? How popular is that now? It's mad, and that's that's kind of. It wasn't really talked about when I was like 11 and that's kind of what I wanted to do, just sketch prostitutes. And <laughs> <laughs> Was she a prostitute? No, but I, I th that's what bit, that's in the movie he, where he was yeah. in France. and mm. Yeah, but but that's how I wanted to live and that's and I, I went through school not obviously um, working hard at the subjects I enjoyed but never really had ambitions or think oh yeah you'll do well at this subject and that subject and that's this is my sort of five year plan of get to union get to that job that career because that's what I want to be I was just now nah, I just I can't wait to just travel the world going job to job country to country and and when I was 20 it sort of changed I got mixed up with girls and and like not really know what to do and then having to just work for the sake of earning money and then it's gone f full circle of of um of just thinking yeah I want to travel yeah because actually traveling you're like wow this is really really calling to me this is what i want to do and you why start to realize things that well we've spoke about this just just now but yeah realize for yourself and um and also with the whole environmental thing i remember at a very early age like at nine or something an inconvenient truth came out with al gore um the the vice president was he he ran for presidency same time as bush and bush got it but he he did the whole thing of enlightening people of how fossil fuels are influencing our ozone layer and and the greenhouse gases and whatnot and that was in the 90s and people sort of didn't really take it seriously and, and or didn't want to and just cracked on and that i could as an eight-year-old i was like wow this is really important and i remember seeing like a table of the fossil fuels so you've got natural gas coal and um, what's, what's the other one? 
Oil. Oil. Oil, sorry. Yeah, oil. (laughs) Mine went black. Um, And it gave timescale of where all these fossil fuels which we rely on for energy are running out and it was like 30 years 50 years i was like oh my that god that's mad oh that, that's all we within were, my lifetime we were year 10 or well i was yeah younger than you but i reckon year nine or ten when i saw that really yeah it, well the, the, seeing those figures and think that's in my lifetime i'm gonna be like 40 when everything like, when you know that? that's constantly buzzing around you will just come to a grounding hole like, run like cows at that gonna, point and it's and within it, your lifetime and you think that, well, that's that's not right like that's not obviously an eight-year-old doesn't really know sustainable but they think that that's not gonna last like something else needs to happen and, and obviously the people that you look up to like your parents weren't exposed to that information but, at the age you were exposed to it no i mean uh, you know you had advocates through the 20th century like um uh you know like the late prince philip like he and prince charles they they always discussed their um passion about um the environment and everything but it was always just a, a side headline and um i obviously didn't live through those years but that's how my view of it is because we wouldn't be in that position if it was taken seriously and you know we, we invested in the development of um electric cars and stuff like that earlier on and yeah, and and it's just mad to think that at that age I was thinking all that, and then your teenage years happen where you're insecure, you think about girls and music and all that sort of stuff, and um, finding your identity, and then your twenties come along, and if you have that moment of pause, that moment of clarity, you're able to tap back in, like I said earlier, tap back into that innocence and value that you had as a kid, and if you're able to do that, you can then, as an adult have influence because now you're an adult you can influence the world and shape it in the in the way you kind of see fit and that's that's kind of what i want to do um yeah i think that was an important point what you said it's just the fact is it's the inconvenient truth people don't want to hear it people don't want to think about it yeah. you want convenience you want to go about the life easily they want to think that the people running the country wherever they may be is working fine and everything's looked after you Mm. don't want to that truth just isn't it just makes things inconvenient yeah and especially for people that it's not immediately affected by like so all the the crazy and extreme weather um that always sort of goes on in eastern asia and a lot in america actually and um for for a lot of for a lot of people they're like oh you know i can just keep keep living how i'm living and i'm not really seeing any of the consequences not right away anyway it's everyone who who isn't really abusing fossil fuels as much um like the southern hemisphere like the the little islands and everything that these water level rising um because of the 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 average temperature and they're going to be the first ones to be affected by and Mm. um you know uh, people in in eastern asia they always experience huge um variance in, in extreme weather and yeah it's getting worse and worse and it's it's just easy for people just who aren't experiencing it just think oh yeah it's i can just just live happily how i'm living and yeah and it's like oh yeah they, they need to deal with it whatever but yeah everyone has um busy lives and everything and and it's um yeah it is inconvenient yeah, it is, <laughs> it is massively inconvenient, but it is our responsibility 
as the well most intelligent species i suppose mm. to to make a change yeah but, yeah well as we talk about how horrible the world is i think i might bring it to a conclusion yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much jack for coming on thank you for having me jake yeah i've enjoyed it george thanks for coming on again all right yep another podcast out the way thanks everyone for listening (laughs) out of the way (laughs) (laughs) good riddance thank god for (laughs) all right goodbye everyone thank you